0: The Joe Rogan Experience.
1: Train my day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day.
2: So many times we start these podcasts off and I never say who I'm talking to until about an hour in. So I will just say it right up front. A manly man, a man of character, a man's man who likes muscle cars and fucking psycho music. hmm and he's an intellectual dude, a, a guy you can sit down and talk to. Josh Barnett, ladies and gentlemen. Bring, your home, uh, bring, bring, bring me on home to introduce me to
3: Mom. <laughs> uh, tell her about raping and pillaging and
2: not, not burning Not necessarily, babies. but if you lived in another era, it uh, might be on the menu.
3: Could be. So yeah, be I think I'd make a good conqueror.
2: If you came in on a boat and that's just what everybody else was doing, you would go out and do your thing. You know it. I would be at the head.
3: I'd be like, drum faster, you son of a bitch. <laughs>
2: So uh, what's new for you, man? I know you're going to be in the the last Strikeforce card, right? Which is in January. For folks who don't know Josh, Josh is a former UFC heavyweight champion, uh, king of Mm pancreas. How many other titles did you get? Uh,
3: (laughs) uh, Bunch of grappling titles. (laughs) Yeah, a bunch of grappling titles. Uh, I think I had... uh, uh, Smoothest penis head. Wants. If
2: we were gonna have uh, a manliest men board of approval, I would have to have you on this manliest men board of approval. You're clearly about as manly as it gets. I think I know, appreciate. We that. could go to you, and we can get like real when I strict. Like no nonsense. I saw you straighten a dude's nose with a fucking pencil. Okay. that yeah, dude, that's dude true, got. Yeah. There's a video of it on the internet. Dude got his nose broken. Josh, is like, you want me to fix it? I'll fix it right now. <laughs> he fixed it with a fucking pencil. Shoves a pencil in this dude's nose and breaks it back. And you see, it, you see the crunching, and see if you can find it because it's pretty fucking. It's pretty fucking funny.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm I'm there for for that uh, boob jobs. Just pretty did, much any kind of general surgery.
2: Did he break break his nose sparring? Was it like no? Nah, he did it actually with uh,
3: with uh, he was doing snatches oh, with a barbell, and oh, it, somehow no. he managed to to waylay himself right in the face. Oh, he probably crushed it. A yeah, bar? yeah, he nailed. Well, he'd already mangled it pretty good uh, uh, doing rugby earlier on, and. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, I think in college, maybe, something like that. You'd been doing rugby for years, so you'd, you'd already known the pleasures of a broken nose. But this was
2: just out of nowhere. So, uh... You know, there's an interesting debate that's going on right now uh, amongst uh, people that are football fans, but that are also r- realizing how much damage these players take, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out what to do about it. And one of the more interesting ideas that's being presented is the idea to make them wear leather helmets, to take away these big fucking hard helmets that allow you to crash into each other full speed and just give you a little something that protects your skin. And that's basically all you got. And you can't have the same strategy. You can't go head-to-head like that. You can't crash into each other. No pads, leather mm. helmets. And the idea is that if they, if they rocked it that way, we would avoid a lot of these crazy high-speed collisions. People would be more realistic about it. I think it would cut down on the
3: high-speed collisions. Uh, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have people blowing into each other near yeah. as hard. I've had the argument with people that are big rugby fanatics for years that I'm like, look, rugby guys don't hit as hard as football players. I mean, it's not just that they have pads on; it's just that they're huge, they're running fast, and those, you know, the pads, in addition, help you to just like lay everything you got into another human being. However, I mean, let's be honest. Look at these monsters. I mean, you stick them in leather, they're still going to start smashing into each other. I don't know if it's going to stop from people getting as hurt as bad
2: or. Right. The problem (laughs) is like the sports already developed into what it is. Right. And to try to take it a step back, things don't usually go a step back. Do you want to watch guys
3: in leather helmets? No
2: like patty cake and grab each other's balls. And There's it. a video that's being played above you right there. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> you just stick two pens on this dude's nose. <laughs> it's <on, don't>, <laughs> is so gnarly. But this is some no-nonsense shit. Look, he just opens that pathway up. I'd like to say that I was just at see whatever
3: I could find to jam in his, his schnoz anyways, Ugh. just for the hell of it. But, but it actually makes sense oh yeah it makes
2: totally makes sense if you can get it to heal in the correct position it won't be nearly as fucked up as if the cartilage is all bent up in there Uh, right i had to get mine fixed i broke it when i was a little kid I it, fell down a flight of stairs. My whole life, it was fucking It's really the there. only
3: way to, to really true. do it if you have a bad enough break is to, uh, to have like a, an ear, nose and throat doctor go in there yeah. and, and do the proper stuff to it. But it's, it's hellacious coming back from it.
2: I, I didn't think it was. No?
3: Well, no. I've, heard, I've heard of people like crying blood out of their eyes. And, I mean, oh. that's pretty cool in I a metal sense. I, but, I
2: saved the boogers. Ah, I'll show you <laughs> some. Some oh. massive ones? Oh my god. Let me show you some. Because you, you can't even believe these are real. I, uh, I showed one to my buddy Tom, me and Tommy Segura. We were <laughs> we were uh, at the airport, and I blew this fucking booger into this tissue. It did not look real. It looked like it came from another planet. This blood clot of Oh, it was doom. just fucking insane. It was huge, first of all. I mean, I, I've, I've got the photos. I've, I've saved them. I mean, there was no way I was ever going to let this go. <laughs> I'm just going to take a few. Um, I have a lot of goddamn pictures in here. I gotta go back to when it was, which I think was about three years ago. Oh, that was it. Perfect. Changed. It, did you find a picture of it? No. Oh, that's my picture when I was gay. <laughs> it's back in the day. I'd hit it. I would do. I would hit it, and it's me. I'm trying to find these boogers, man. Um, Something li- you, you, know, could, I never you literally here. couldn't. <laughs> you could imagine. Find you couldn't imagine this coming out of a human being. I've put this online. I'm sure. No, I definitely did. I put it on my Twitter page. So, Brian, if you could find it. Uh, Joe Rogan's bloody snot on Twitter. I bet there's a photo of it up there. As long as it stays up there.
3: I'm imagining some comic book villain of a booger.
2: It's yeah, right unbelievable. Now. I mean, I wouldn't be talking it up this much if it wasn't really unbelievable. But for ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you have a broken nose, if you get the inside of your nose fucked up, if you, if you know, like, I know, like, Mayhem had thought about getting his fix, but he's still fighting. So yeah. he's like, I can't do it until I'm done. But if you, oh, man. If you get a that. chance, that's only one. That's it only one. It looks like uh, like cartilage and everything. It's like just pieces of. It's unbelievable. That was only one. That's not even the biggest one. I had some other ones that were even bigger. They were so ridiculous. I blew them out and I looked at them in my hand. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding How'd me. How'd you feel when
3: that thing came out?
2: Like a like a potato chip came out of my <laughs> nose. I mean, a, blo- a giant bloody nacho. That's what it yeah. was like. Yeah, Holy there's shit. one. Look at the size of that fucking thing. That thing came out of my nose. What did it taste like, Calgon? Take it. It wasn't me away. good. It wasn't <laughs> something I would recommend you trying. Um, it was. It was unbelievable. I would I would shoot those out of my nose, um, like at least. Yeah, I, oh, here, here! I got a bunch of pictures.
3: I really here. need I to uh, to get my nose fixed too. I I broke it uh, a long time ago as a kid, and then I broke it again, really, uh, in this first round of that Super Bowl tournament. And it just it bleeds easy now, which is a problem. So yeah,
2: that they um, what do they do? do they cauterize the inside. Well, of it? they've
3: tried doing that, but the, the way it is, that you got to get up. Look at I, that! I need a doc to get it. That's
2: impressive that's unbelievable right i blew a hundred of those in I hope three or four months uh, i hope you have that framed in your house <laughs> i should i should just in my office or at least Let put me. it
3: in uh, one of those led rotating picture frames <laughs> just, you know have like the and dog the kid and just... <laughs> fuck that's a great idea <laughs>
2: dude i might do that i'll, I'll yeah. do that and put one up in here that's what it'll do I'll excellent have it for the for the studio um so uh you're on the last strike force card this is it
3: january 12th uh in the wonderful oklahoma city uh we'll be down there uh beating the crap out of each other for the last time under the strike force banner but uh it'll be on
2: showtime as usual so people will be able to see it what did you think like tim kennedy's pissed off he thinks that uh he always (laughs) mad a little bit (laughs) well you know those uh those uh High-level military dudes, they tend to be a little high-strung. Yeah, they're a little on <laughs> edge. Yeah, but he was talking about how uh, he thinks that all these guys are pulling out because it's the last card. They mm-hmm. just don't want to fight because it won't mean enough to them. They want to just try to get fights in the UFC, so they're just pulling out of the last Strikeforce card. I think that was what he was insinuating. He was definitely saying that people That's, are It's not beyond out. the realm of possibility. Uh, you
3: know, it's like... Uh... For me, I look at it, and, and, and people love to complain about, oh, well, you don't, you are not fighting this guy, or you're not, how come you're not fighting that guy, are not fight, you know, I, I fight the people that they put in front of me, and and you know, they're like, well, who the hell is this Nandor guy? I'm like, I don't fucking know, and I don't fucking care, you know what I mean? He's just another fucking uh, victim. That and no matter what, if it was Nandor or Junior Dos Santos, it, I get paid the same right now, so I really don't give a shit. I, I, I fight who steps up, and uh, you know, that's just the way. Who it is goes. this cat that you're fighting? He is impressive looking. I'll give him that. He does look like he's uh Nandor Gilamino. Gilamino. That doesn't sound Austrian to me, but whatever. Is that where he's supposedly from? That's where he's from. He's called the Hun. So the I can, Hun? I can Whoa. dig that. The Hun fighting the War Master.
2: That's pretty intense shit. Yeah, that
3: sounds uh, like, uh, like some sort of fantasy movie. He looks like a big giant end of the world type dude. Too. He does. He's got a nice... Big, thick brow over his eyes to well, his, protect his, from mace strikes. He's <laughs> <laughs> fucking
2: gigantic. He looks like a bodybuilder.
3: Well, they they shot it up, you know. Tricks a camera. He's like 6'2", mm-hmm. and okay. 220, 230. So he's a pretty oh. decent-sized guy. He's so he's on got, a smaller size of
2: the heavyweight. I just think he likes to do a lot of curls. Okay. And he's probably got the, the tiny legs. Oh, it's one of those dudes? Mm-hmm. And he's fighting in the UFC. How's that possible? Well, maybe it's just so. He's
3: so- I don't know, man. But he, he's uh, he's got some fights under his belt. He's not he's not like he's never been there before. And well, he's thirty six. He's he's going to come in fit, and I, and he thinks this is his opportunity to fuck somebody up. And right. he thinks it's going to be me. There so, he is. Yeah, he looks. Wow, uh,
2: that's a big step up for that dude. And you know that happens, man, a lot in MMA, where guys that we, there was, someone was talking about Danny Lozon, Joe Lozon's brother, mm-hmm. his first fight in the UFC, he fights Spencer Fisher. Yeah, it's you know, pretty big up. That happens. That kind of shit happens. This guy, that's a, it's a giant opportunity for him, but really, uh, he should like, if you looked at it like in like the world of uh, outside of MMA, if mm-hmm. it was like a boxing thing, that guy would have to go through a lot more hoops and ladders before he gets to a Josh Barnett level.
3: That's true. And, and then the thing with boxing also is that they, they put their cars together based on how they can promote it for the back end dollar. Or right. to specific to the bouts themselves, where with MMA, it's just like, hey, we have a card, and Let's all fill these fuckers the are on it. Let's just have them fight.
2: Yeah, because a guy like this, I mean, obviously, he's got, <clears throat> he's got a few fights under his belt, but, you know, you're a former champion. You're a big name both in pride, big name in strike force, big name in the UFC. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, this is. Uh, a guy that uh, I mean, if you were banking, you know, if you were, see, like, if it was like Bob Arum doing mm-hmm. something like this, right. they would probably never sk- schedule it like this. They go, wait a minute, we can make a lot of money off Josh Barnett. We got to move him into a good position and get him a big name fight. There's very few big name guys, especially outside of the UFC, at, that you can bring for in. Sure, yeah. There's only a few, and you're one of them. Right? You know, and outside of you, there's really not that many anymore. You know, I mean, no. who else is left? Just me now, Cormier, and. Cormier, uh, yeah. uh, and uh, Fedor's done. He he right. says he's he was he was going to retire. He was go, he was thinking about it apparently at one point in time. Then he had a, a loss in his family, and uh, yeah, I
3: think like, he's uh, I, yeah, I believe he's retired. I don't really see him coming back. If he does, it won't be for some time. I just don't think that fighting is so, uh, absolutely necessary to him. I yeah. think he's he's maybe looking at different stages in his life. And I think from from how I know him, anyways, he seems pretty content. With the things that he's doing outside of fighting, and happy with family and
2: church and things like that. Yeah, he um, definitely doesn't have the same uh, lust for it that he had, like when he fought Cro Cop, mm-hmm. like back in those days. Right. I I, I considered that like his prime, like the one of the the first Cro Cop fight. I think uh, he just he went after him on the feet, like he basically walked down like one of the best kickboxers in MMA.
3: Well, and that's the thing when you're fighting a, a good striker, you you got to— and, and, and the. Uh, Fyodor wanted to <clears> – <throat> needed to put him on his back, so he had to close that distance. Mm-hmm. And the only way – you can't just walk into him. You're going to get tagged up. I mean, and he got cracked with a lot of good shots. Yeah. But he had – you had to be aggressive. You had to be quick coming forward and then initiate those opportunities to put him on his back. You know, every time I fought Krokov, I came forward too because, you know, if if I want to put him on the floor – i can't do it backing up and everybody that backs up the more distance you give a guy like Krokop, especially back then the more he would look for his opportunity to land his kill shot
2: yeah that fucking left high kick
3: or just a middle kick or you know he was a hellacious low kicker too but uh uh, uh, (laughs) looked great in his last couple bouts he looked real sharp but i think it was more just to prove to himself that he could do it that you know all right well i have the ability and i can stay in here and be a top guy but I've done this and I'm good. And I guess his brother just recently retired also. Yeah. And then uh um Tim Sylvia is still out there and around. I don't know. I mean he's got a pedigree and he has still yeah. a pretty high high record of, of wins versus losses. And Arlovsky's trying to make uh, a, a run back into the the limelight as far as being a top heavyweight.
2: Well Arlovsky's actually doing really well. He's yeah. uh he uh he actually just beat Tim, right? Uh, he beat Tim, and then he was disqualified because for he an illegal him. soccer kick. They yeah. have a weird rule. It's a, is that one FC? Is that it what is. it is? It's
3: Matt's, uh, It's Matt Hume's old pro uh, pancreation rules in, in Washington, and they had this open guard uh, call thing. So it was like the, I, I guess the deal was you you're not supposed to. Uh,
2: it's been a long time since I fought in Washington. Well, let me explain but, it to people who don't know what we're talking about. For for on m- most fights. You can't kick a guy in the head when he's down. You can only kick the body and the legs. Mm-hmm. But in pride in the old school days, you could do anything. You could stomp guys, you could soccer kick them. you could do anything. And a lot of people miss that technique. So this open guard thing is where they allow the, the pride soccer rules. kicks. So, yeah. Stomps so, as well?
3: Uh maybe no stomps. Maybe just kicks. Okay. I I believe it is just kicks. Uh I'd have to it's been so long, but uh um but once they call open guard, then you're free to do. You know, I, I believe it was taken from Valley Tudo Japan or something similar way back in the day. But it was like if you're on your back, guy can go ahead and come
2: around and soccer kick at your head. And... Is the idea that if you're you're rocked and you're down, mm-hmm. is that when he would not? When would he not let you soccer kick?
3: Of uh, all fours, I believe. Okay, so, so if you like,
2: scr- like if you're down, you're hurt. Then you can't soccer kick a guy. Like, then he would stop. But it. if he went to his back, that would be open guard, and you could oh, soccer that's kick. That's interesting. So only when the guy's on his back. Because
3: I guess the idea is that your legs and your hands are up yes. in front of you,
2: so you're protecting yourself. That yeah. totally. That actually is very logical. The, the Japanese had a lot of very logical uh, approaches to MMA. One of them that I really liked was that ten minute first round. Yes, that's a brutal fuck. Well, that really
3: separated the, the
2: men from the boys. Fuck yeah, dude! That that round was the the endurance breaker. I like liked it. I minutes. loved it.
3: You go out there and you just get it on. Some and you 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 have to strategize your wind and mm-hmm. your endurance. Uh, but it, I mean, we didn't stop a lot of us from still just going non stop ten minutes, man. We just go for it and. Uh, uh, coming from a guy like me who started in the days of no time limits, I mean.
2: Right. And, well, you know, for a guy like you also, it's sometimes you would work for a while to get a takedown, and you finally get a takedown, you only got 20 seconds left in a round, and the guy can defend. Sure. But if there's five minutes and 20 seconds, he's mm-hmm. fucked. Right. You, know? and, you can get a lot
3: of work in on a guy in 520. Yeah.
2: That really favor. I mean, that was one of the main arguments for not having three-minute rounds in the first place, is mm-hmm. that you wanted to give the grappler some time to work once he completed the takedown. Right. But if you look at like like consider the exertion that they put off in a boxing round, you know, boxing a high level boxing round is really not even nearly as devastating as a high level MMA round.
3: No, it's different because you don't have that muscle fatigue from constant uh, wear and and resistance. And it's a different sort of conditioning, I and mean, you can take a guy who's an excellent wrestler who's got fantastic wind when it comes to to contact and and, and resistance and strength and and balance that way against another opponent. But you get out there and you start putting all these punches together, and all of a sudden his wind is gone. Gone. It's gone. blasted because it's a different – it's more akin to an, more of an aerobic, anaerobic, just wind-based than – it's a different – it's completely different.
2: Yeah, it's interesting how it doesn't apply. Like yeah. fitness does not apply across the board.
3: No, no, no. And that's the thing is that the Olympic, uh, uh, the Olympic uh, committees have done all these uh, these studies – committees, whatever – The uh, um, all the people that come with all the, the science and the training behind these Olympic athletes, and that is – You can do sport-specific training. You can go ahead and shoot doubles with bands on. You can punch with dumbbells. You can do all this stuff to try and simulate doing your sport. But in the end, the only thing that makes you... Better at your sport and the most especially in terms of endurance and everything else is to actually do your sport because yeah. your body <clears throat> learns how to relax it has muscle memory it has uh, um, uh, your, your brain understands all the movements and, and, and dynamics of exactly what you're doing and that's how it learns. To be as most efficient as possible in your sport. Yeah. And so it's great, you know, all these strength conditioning guys have come out of the woodwork. Especially, I love all the guys that have no fight training or fights under their belt and they want to go and they train all these fighters with all this stuff they see at Jim Jones or CrossFit or uh, now West Side Barbell. And, and these are all great, you know, systems that have amazing things to take from it. But I could have the best workout in the world, but it might not be the best workout for this particular type of athlete. And not mm-hmm. to mention, he can do the best workout in the world all day long. <clears throat> if his time in the sport that he's actually doing is not being applied, mm. then it's it's a waste. You're not...
2: You're not going to really be able to make the most of it. Do you feel like there's a certain level of the game where strength and condition is absolutely necessary? When you get to like a Rory McDonald athlete level, like this oh, kid, absolutely. you know, I mean, this kid at twenty three, twenty four, something like he that. Now, he's young. He's freakish, and and he's so fucking athletic, mm-hmm. and he's doing these incredible strength and conditioning workouts along with all his sport specific shit. It's I I feel like. I absolutely agree with you that the most important thing is technique and efficiency and training and sparring and timing and mitt uh, work and all that good stuff but there's also a the, you get to a Roy McDonald level where he's got Roy McDonald he has that as well you know he's got all the training the all the time putting in and all the intensity in the mm-hmm. drills but then he also has the strength and conditioning. And that's, that was – I yeah. actually
3: – I uh, uh, unofficially named that last, that UFC on Fox uh, card. I called it UFC on Fox 5, Speed Kills. <laughs> Basically, everybody who was faster, more conditioned, and quicker yeah. beat their opponents. Well,
0: that's really what it came down d-
3: to. You know, uh, Benson, uh, Rory – uh, Gustafson, all of them were quicker mm-hmm. they were quicker to the punch they were better they seemed to be better conditioned they they pushed the pace higher yeah. and they beat all their opponents i mean they had great skill sets and great game plans but they moved so much so and much more, yeah you know. and had so much more speed over their opponents that they they just couldn't k- keep up and uh um th- Athleticism, strength, conditioning—that's a huge equalizer. Carl mm-hmm. Gotts would say, "Technique within strength." If you're not strong enough and physical enough to pull off the shit that you're trying to do, then it ain't going to work, you know. And uh, that's such
2: an important point because that's sort of denied in the jiu-jitsu community a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people say, you know, and I'm wearing it. By the way, this is no disrespect. No. I got an Ilio Gracie T-shirt on right now when I'm saying this. And gi work requires a lot of strength, yes. and I've, I've trained with all the with a lot
3: of top high-level jiu-jitsu guys, legends like Henzo Gracie. I've rolled with these dudes. And even as a kid, I remember hearing all the rhetoric about jiu-jitsu and the gentle way and all this and, you know, no energy and effortless. And and I'm like, fuck that. (laughs) These dudes are strong (laughs) as shit. They do everything with a huge amount of strength. They have a lot of technique, but the difference, like, the difference between, like, this Henzo, and this is back in Abu Dhabi, and this other fucking, you know black belt champion schmo from brazil is that black belt schmo from brazil does the same move that henzo does but henzo is like fucking three times as strong as that dude
2: right and he's going after it wrestling style as well he's like snapping your head down and clamping down on a guillotine and yanking on it you know he's putting his mitts on you and you're trying to get your hand away and you can't yeah it's uh, a, li- a lifelong of <clears throat> grappling strength. too. Like, no exactly. question, perfect technique. No question, right. but absolutely strong And yeah, given well.
3: Given a, uh, an even playing field or, or given uh, even techniques, you know, uh, even on the
2: technique side, the person
3: who's stronger and faster is going to apply it better. Yeah,
2: you know, I always had this theory win. about Hickson. And uh, one of the theories about Hickson that I always have, is if pe- people don't know, Hickson Gracie was mm-hmm. always considered to be the greatest of the Gracie clan. Just He's like also like was, a magician on the mat. Yeah, moon. but also like Wade. Way more built. I mean, you compare him to like hoist- he is like was a wonder- crazy yeah. physical specimen, yeah. especially when he was young. I mean, he was just like a perfect athlete. But if you if you think about him when those days. He got more taps in because he was stronger. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he was – like physically, he was a freak. Like he was a great yogi. He mm-hmm. was like a, like a really uh, – an avid yoga practitioner. The, that belly Flexibility, breathing Flexibility, strength, you is, know, his, body and, control. I mean, his and, mind. And, and watching him go little, at it with people, yeah. he would go
3: hard, yeah. fast. Like yep. the, those clips from those Sambo tournaments, he just – yeah. buzz onto people's limbs i mean yeah. there, there ain't nothing like smooth whatever <laughs> like just chilling out and catching and, yeah. you know, oh my friend i have your arm no <laughs> the guy's like Rah! he's like a he's like a fucking yeah. blast beat was, you know from a death metal song just chewing through somebody's
2: body i love that a guy like that exists i love that there's a guy that is the one guy that stands above everyone else well, you know what
3: i've always heard not to create rumors and not to say that any of the people aforementioned ever said as such either because uh, you know, they've they, they never, uh, this guy would, would never Rour. ever 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 talk shit or okay. or try to like you know run around and, and and you know behind scenes like be like oh, but really, he he's okay. not that kind of guy, okay. But I've always heard that from people that have trained with both of them that Laborio is considered even better.
2: You know what? That's a very funny thing you said that I was going to say. Laborio is the other guy that has that sort of – but Laborio is like the most approachable, friendliest, sweetest guy ever.
3: Such a chill dude. And Laborio will even say about – he'll talk about his competition. He goes, you know, I just wasn't able to do – as much in, in competition as I had wanted to or as I was capable of uh, on the mats. I mean, he's uh-huh. not, he's a humble, yeah. straightforward, no-nonsense, just, uh, he's not a, He's not gonna bullshit about any of it. He's not gonna sit back and start naming off all these excuses or whatever he goes, right. ah, you know, that day I just, you know, I wasn't able to, I know I'm like, I should've taken that guy out in like a minute, but uh, for whatever reason, that it just didn't work out. Maybe my head or this or whatever. I mean, he do, he's not a, he's not, uh, some cocky sort of right. dude trying to make uh, give himself an out to why he didn't right. perform as what he wanted but that's one of the reasons why I like that guy so much because I know how good he is I even yeah. watching him back in the day and I'd tell him oh man that was a really good match and he's like yeah you know it was cool it was all right but uh, <laughs> but you know I'd heard from all from these other jiu-jitsu guys like man Laborio actually that's the dude and people don't talk about it but that's the guy that they think is Charles,
2: Charles McCarthy was the first person to tell me that. But Chainsaw, huh? Yeah. He, uh, he told me it a long time ago. And then I started asking around. You know, I was only like a blue belt or a purple belt back mm-hmm. then. I didn't really know who the great guys were. But he said the other guy that was like that with him that uh, people don't uh, give enough credit to, he said, was Travis Luter. He said Travis Luter's a lot better than people gave him credit for. He's like he never really got his shit together, like conditioning wise, and had a few injuries. Travis is tough. We all knew that he was uh, pretty pretty
3: talented when it came yeah. to, uh, to to the, his grappling skills yeah. on the mat. I mean, he very underrated. He was Terry. Let's just yeah. be honest. He put Anderson on his back and did what he wanted. He just yeah. moved all Mounted over Mounted him. him.
2: Let me tell you something the day before, Travis looked like a dead man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've never seen a guy in all my years of being at the weigh-ins, and that's over 12 years now, more than that if you count the 90s, he was dead. Mm-hmm. Dude, he shuffled to the scale for his second attempt. Like, literally couldn't lift his feet up.
3: George Romero'd up there, huh? He
2: looked horrible. I've never seen a guy... (laughs) His lips were cracked and dried out. Like, he had sucked himself dry like a sponge, and he was still, like, more than a pound over. He couldn't make it. He couldn't make the weight. I don't remember what the final thing was, but he just... That's right. He Whatever the weight, happened, so it wasn't a he title fucked fight. up. Yeah. He wasn't a title fight, and he was dominating him, but he ran out of juice. He just, just
3: had—I'm sure most of it was due to even because he he pooped out in Mount. Yeah, was physical exertion yeah. and his muscles just—they didn't have enough energy to power them. They didn't have any electrolytes. <laughs> they didn't have the minerals needed to keep yeah. those things going, and they just—they just gave up.
2: That one drives me crazy. There's a lot of guys that I've seen fall apart. Like, Honestly, didn't if, if really... Luter hadn't. A,
3: been so exhausted yeah and you know that's it's up to Lo- that was that's looter you know what i mean in his coaches but
2: yeah i think he probably Let's, would have
3: tapped Anderson. a bad. looter
2: looter in top form in that fight a looter that was not sick would have given anderson Silva a, a lot of problems i mean anderson is a lot better on the ground than people think he is, he too. is. he's very he's wily very, very but a guy like looter is, so, is more similar to
3: like uh, another guy that yeah. people don't understand like uh takase who tapped uh, Anderson. Anderson
2: from the Mount of mount triangle, and right? The,
3: uh, I think it ended up being mounted, but I yeah. started off on the back. But, uh, part of the reason why he, I believe he tapped Anderson and, and, and you can see that backstage footage from pride and Anderson is so upset about it. I think, and I know in my opinion, why he's so upset that he lost wasn't he, he's because he can't believe he got caught like that is because what he didn't understand is Takase is one of those dudes that has freak strength like unreal, crazy, like his arm feels like a pile of steel strength when he gets a hold of you. And really? I rolled with the dude, and the guy, I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe how strong this guy is. And I remember when Vernon, Wright, Vernon White wrestled him back in Abu Dhabi, he's like, man, that guy is way freaking stronger than you think he is. There's and, weird dudes like that, right? Yeah, he's just crazy freaking strong. And so... I'm guessing Anderson, you know, ended up on the ground. He's like, cool, whatever. And all of a sudden it's like, like, holy fuck, I can't get away. Shit. And I think Luter probably has some of that similar quality of being a lot stronger than people really understand. And I always like Travis from the get because he was he came from the from the jujitsu background. But everyone's like, he's a leg. He likes leg locks. Yeah. He digs it. And he trained with the Lions Den dudes, and always been a nice, humble dude. I've always dug Travis.
2: What, speaking of leg locks, for for, for folks that don't know, for the longest time, jujitsu guys didn't go for leg locks Mm-mm. because they thought that leg locks were cheap, were cheap, cheating, a, a weak way to tap a guy. And one of the, I don't know what it, what what put that in their heads, because it's like, it's Cause they like didn't the, train I, it. You know why? It's
3: let's just be honest. They said that because they didn't train it. Uh, most of the the training that was coming down throughout the rest of the jiu-jitsu tree was not including leg lots. Uh, leg lots were not really given a lot of precedent, even if they were legal. So they and, just ignored uh, what right, made jiu-jitsu
2: right. good in the first well, place was again, adapting.
3: Sure. And they just – they because they weren't good at that, instead of accepting it and being like, okay, this is a
2: weakness, they just threw a fit about it. Well, wasn't it also because dudes were getting fucked up, especially well, like heel hooks? Well, I mean um, – you maybe really, I don't know. I mean, you don't have much t- I mean, time to tap? How many times, did, especially you know, people you... get their arms busted off. Too, it's true, know, but know. heel hooks seem to be even more devastating. It seems to me that you can snap your arm back and get it repaired better than you can fuck your knee sideways. But
3: potentially, I think maybe the difference between it, uh, the um, uh, a vertical like type of uh, break versus like that twisting. Like if you had an arm and you twisted it and smashed and like yeah. tore up all the tendons instead of just going one direction, maybe right. that's part of the, the problem. But also. Uh, I think there's like a bit of a disconnect for people between their legs and their arms. Like they mm-hmm. don't, they they are more aware of their arm position and how bad something is or isn't versus their legs. And then I'm sure some of that comes to the lack of training. Eric yeah, also certainly. won a Pan Am Games, a blue belt and blue belt, purple something, back in the day, way back in the day, back when you know he probably rode there in a horse and carriage, and uh, <clears throat>
2: he tapped a bunch of people with leg locks and the whole crowd booed him. Isn't that crazy? Booed him. Why I'm bringing this up is that it changed. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along the line, they had to give up. And they all go after leg locks now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the most most hypocritical. Pajares is an excellent leg locker. He's the best. (laughs) He's just one of the scariest guys when it comes to leg locks because he's a fucking ridiculously strong dude. Mm -hmm. And he's got good technique. So if he wraps a hold of that thing, like you're in a fucking terrible situation. Yeah, he's like... uh, like, Uh like a Solomon Grundy of MMA just getting in there and just trying to tear your leg off. Him and and your your best friend Hector Lombard went at it. That was uh, was, you know
3: actually you know who's not bad at leg locks? Hector.
2: Hector's very good at leg locks.
3: Hector's good at actually Hector's pretty good at everything. Yeah. He will only choose to use a piece of his arsenal for the most part. I, I think that's more of a mental thing than anything else. But Hector actually has a ton of tools uh, in his disposal
2: yeah re- very underrated ground game if you watch that leg lock there's a, a video of him competing at uh, one of the uh nogi grappling tournaments and he he slaps a straight ankle lock on this guy and breaks his leg mm-hmm. and you hear it crack you know and like you see the torque that he's putting in with that fucking fire plug oh, man i watched hector has. just uh
3: we were talking about muscle ups yeah <clears throat> how do you do muscle up? and hector come hey
2: man what's the muscle
3: up man <laughs> I'm like, well, what you do is you do like this. And he goes, like this, man. For folks who don't know 12. what a muscle up
2: explain a muscle uh, up. So
3: a muscle up is you grab a pull-up bar. And so you go and you go through the whole pull-up motion of pulling yourself, chin over the bar. But once you get up to that point, you pull your body all the way over the top of the bar. So now you're, you're, uh, the bar is now at your waist and you're, you've are you got your arms completely extended out. It's like ridiculously difficult, hard thing to do. And And Hector wasn't doing it like kicking his feet like a crazy fuck. He was just like... Like, George of the Jungle fucking flinging himself <laughs> around like, this man? This, like, this man? Like, yeah, like that, you know? Well, he, you didn't have to do 12 of them to prove it, but you got it. Did another. he do 12? It's something like, he just fucking popped him out, and he goes, I do pull-ups all the time, man. Like,
2: Jesus well, Christ. He's got that crazy judo strength. He's got crazy you know? everything. Yeah. Crazy wording, genetics. Crazy, crazy, crazy. mentality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, when it works, it's fantastic. Yeah. You know, he's an exciting guy to watch, man. That dude... He's got some fucking freak power in his hands too. He can hit, he's fast, he's very sharp, he's uh
3: he's more of a he's not a a heavy puncher and like that that heavy thudding. He's a he's a snapper.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he throws his hips into things, you know, all the, that's one thing about judo guys as well as like wrestler guys. Once they learn, like especially a wrestler who's got a good power double, mm-hmm. once they learn how to put that same effort and energy into a punch, like you saw with Aaron Simpson, Aaron Simpson started putting people away, mm-hmm. learned to spring into his punches, you know, once those guys really learn how to do that, like Henderson, Rashad Evans, Rashad Evans has got a, a ridiculous right hand. That ability Rashad to has forward.
3: tons, tons and tons of power. Uh, I think his timing is terrible though. Yeah. He, he often whiffs tons of punches where I think he's throwing without thinking instead of setting up that strike that he's looking for. Instead, I think you don't he, think he just, he's getting
2: better at that now. I, I think,
3: think I, I'm sure there's improvement, but I still think that that is like he doesn't lack speed at all. Super fast. He doesn't lack power. Uh, I I remember watching the Chuck fight and just going, man, he's getting tore apart mm-hmm. in terms of timing. But uh, Chuck's hands are so down that and that 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 right handy that right hook he keeps throwing is got knockout all over it. Like you don't want to get touched by that. And mm-hmm. boom, he gets he clips him with it and Chuck goes out like a light or even he got on top of Forrest and he threw a just a punch from down on top, but it mm-hmm. had such snap on it, boom, tore, uh Forrest was out from there. Yeah, I think
2: the Rashad of the, the Chuck <clears throat> liddell fight and the Rashad that you saw against um uh who's his last fight?
3: Well Jones, but I wouldn't even I think no, Jones, no, Jones no. was in his last
2: fight. Or? Didn't he fight um Mr. Wonderful, didn't he fight? Uh... Oh,
3: he did. But even still there, like, I don't he, – he's still not – he's not really – his timing's better, but he's still – like, there's so many opportunities that I think he's missing uh, in terms of uh, lining up good, solid shots and, uh, and putting his opponents away. I still don't think he has as much comfort and um, uh, just, like – he's not as at home on his feet right. as a striker still as, as perhaps as, as he could be.
2: Well, he's been training with Spong now, you know, those guys down at the Black zones mm-hmm. with Spong and with uh, that Henry Hoost, that guy. Oh, is, I'm uh, sure those guys, like, yeah. put him through pad work and all that. Because it's, 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 the Phil it's, Davis fight, he, I thought it, that was, like, some of his best striking, one of his best
3: fights. Sure. I mean, but I, I just think, think that smooth. what it comes down to is it's not even necessarily the, uh, the the pad work he's doing or the technical work or even just the flat-out sparring. I think it has to be a very engineered drilling scenario to try and awaken that potential mm-hmm. in somebody. A lot of times, people, they think, well, I, I need to get better on my feet, so I'm just gonna spar more and spar harder. But actually, you, you, what happens is, is it's, uh, it's like the difference between doing shoulders and doing your rotator cuffs when you're doing your shoulders like every muscle group comes into play and often you know things like the rotator cuffs the weakest link well you're not gonna really draw upon that because that's not made for shoving you know weight overhead big heavy weight and and high-stress loads so all this other stuff is gonna compensate for your little muscles so they don't have to work nearly as hard when you've got these big movers in place well when you need to work your rotator cuffs you have to use a small weight on purpose because you have to try and get all this to shut down so that it doesn't come into play and you can work just those little tiny muscles that often get over, overlooked and overcompensated by the bigger muscle groups. And that's how you work your rotator cuffs. It's, you're not doing small weight because you're a pussy. You've got to do small weight because otherwise you're not going to engage those, right. those muscles. And the other muscles are going to come in and take over, <clears throat> which you don't want. You're trying to, to work on something very specific. Same thing with stand-up work. You can't go out there and just go harder and go faster and go tougher. Sometimes you got to really dial that shit way the hell back, go mm-hmm. way slower, and just start uh, putting yourself into different mindsets and start putting yourself into a position where, okay, well, what am I working on here? I'm always retreating too much. Like, so maybe you you cut off like a little square and you got to stay within it, and you got to move slow and light, and just get used to getting hit and then rolling with the punches, and your slipping and your your head movement and. Because uh, often, you know, okay, I'm going to work on my defense this round, and you're going hard. You just yank your head harder one direction or the other, dip harder, swing faster. But you don't, what you don't realize is that you're actually overcompensating your technique by your athleticism. Yes. And uh, what you have to do, if you really want to work your technique, you've got to scale it way the fuck back. You've got you to gotta train the mind, the eyes, and the body all at the same time, and it's different.
2: And th- this approach, your approach, is one of the reasons why you're this many years in the game now. Like I said I saw you fight way back in Super Bowl, which mm-hmm. was in the '90s, mm-hmm. right? When right. when did you begin uh, your MMA career? Well, yeah. I started my career in like
3: '96, uh, '97.
2: But this this approach to it, this cer- <sighs> v- cerebral approach, that this is the only way you stay this lucid with this many years in the fight game. I mean, this is the only way, right? I mean, well, yeah, pretty got-
3: much that, and uh, and uh, you know, fucking that people up bad so they can't hurt me me as much (laughs) but uh back at amc um we used to do a lot of uh flowing drills and things that Mm -hmm. just weren't all about killing each other i mean we had a lot of time killing each other too trust me there fuck
2: you have to have both yeah i mean we
3: we have a good balance and the problem with especially like so i've got this reputation of not being able to keep sparring partners and all this stuff you know because the problem is they come in during you know fight training and they get fucked up and i don't go to injure anybody but you damn right I'd beat
2: him up. So are you when you're doing fight training, are you going full clip every sparring session? Do you go uh, 70%? Like... Usually 80 to uh, 80 to 90. Now, isn't that a, it's a it's a fascinating thing, the idea of how to correctly prepare someone for an MMA fight. And with you, it's got to be really difficult because probably not a lot of dudes who you're going to take Advice from that know more than you at this stage of the game. Yeah, so when stuff. you're piecing together your training <clears throat> programs, and you're piecing together your stand up and your grappling, and all, how do you how do you decide like how much time you should put on this, and how do you engineer it? It's a balance.
3: You have to be very honest with yourself on what's necessary, and you can't just sit back and have this pride over an ego uh, step over what what is important towards uh, developing your training. And uh, I've got guys like Eric Paulson, and there's Paulson is a walking, talking encyclopedia of fucking people up, and but he also has the tendency to just start pulling from everywhere sometimes, and so he'll throw in these techniques. I'm like, dude, one, I've never even done that, and two, that's I don't fucking really think that's applicable. But that's just how Paulson is. He'll hit you, you know. You say, all right, let's do, uh, let's work on uh, some hand combos, and he'll throw a thousand of them at you. And but the thing is, is that there is. Tons of valuable information and tweaks that can be made, and you have to be smart enough and, and open enough and, and, and like present enough in, in this this type of training to work with him to develop all those skills. I mean, I have all kinds of tricks that i 've picked up from Paulson over the years that are I know i wouldn 't have got anyplace else because people don 't have that kind of background that martial background and even uh, you know i 've got specific coaches that what I do is when I go and I train with them, I really narrow it all down, I do exactly what i 'm there to do with them. And then when I'm done with it, then I have to assess all the, the data that I got from that training session and how that's going to apply to me in the ring with my overall strategy, uh, what works best, where my natural tendencies are and under certain scenarios, and just in general, and uh, and how to best incorporate it. So if I'll go and I'll do a Savat training session, often I'll have uh, he'll, my, my coach Nick Soniak will have me doing these, six seven punch kick combos that involving me spinning and hook kicking and all this kind of stuff <clears throat> i'm never probably going to be able to pull that off uh in the ring you know that whole start to finish beep, 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 double kicks up top boom spin bang come back boom 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 like i but there are pieces that i could take from that and use in in a combination or use a setup to something else or set up to a takedown or as a counter uh also just the ability to be more dexterous more able more agile And just have better body control and balance. Uh,
2: Yeah, that's why gsp (laughs) has been doing gymnastics.
3: It's fantastic. If I wasn't a big son of a bitch who thinks their arms would just pull off if I tried to do it. Not to mention who's uh, deteriorated his body with years and years of training and whores and alcohol. uh, Maybe I would do more in gymnastics. (laughs) Other than bedroom gymnastics.
2: Yeah. My leg doesn't go there. You shouldn't try either. You can't even do rubber guard, right? Pull, pull a hammy. It's, uh, it's kind of ironic. Not, for, not really. Uh, for not, folks who don't know, you're you're a leg lock master. You've known for your uh, leg locks, but you, your knees are all fucked up. Oh yeah,
3: I, I mean <laughs> knees, ankles, all. I mean everything takes a price. But uh, um, no, I can't do rubber guard. Especially, I'm just not. I don't have that kind of flexibility that way. And but uh, I I understand how it works. You know, I mean, I can do pieces of it, and I can. I can get down there with someone like like Victor Webster or uh, or Rolf or any of those dudes from 10th Planet and go, okay, well, while you're working this, your angle is off here, you need to apply your pressure there, this, that, you know, whatever, and you know, I'll do stuff if I'm at Eddie's just rolling with Vic and those dudes, I'll throw rubber guard type shit on Vic, best my best approximation, and sometimes I come up with some pretty
2: clever stuff. Somebody's asked me, uh, why are all these fighters getting injured? Why are these fighters getting injured and pulling out of fights? Like, because they're doing a sport where the whole key to the sport, the the, the end game, is breaking people's bodies, mm-hmm. and then they're practicing it all the time. Sure. How do you uh, intelligently approach it so you get through all the training, but with as little injury to your body as possible? Mm-hmm. Do you engineer that, or do you just roll the dice? I mean, how do you... Uh, I think it's a little of both. I mean, there's a lot of uh,
3: factors that you just can't account for, you know? Somebody... Excuse me. Somebody just rolls into your leg somehow, that whatever. That drives I mean, just... me
2: nuts. That's been coming up a lot lately, and Dana talked about it, that Rashad Evans had to pull out of a fight, the actual fight where Shogun – um, lost the title to John Jones. Oh, okay. Rashad was supposed to fight Shogun, but Diego Sanchez was wrestling with some dude and accidentally collided. Okay, with see, him. that's that's just you know, a it's crazy. Lot, it's that crazy kind of shit those is guys stupidity. A,
3: stu- that's stupidity. Yeah. Like, they should be why nowhere it, near each other. No, they shouldn't. And, yeah. and uh, one thing <clears throat> that I got from Japan it just always made total sense to me at uh, at AACC, uh, Abe and uh, Fu- Megumi Fuji's gym. The other people that aren't wrestling stand in between all the other folks. Yes. And keep them from running into each other.
2: We do that at 10th Planet. 10th Planet, that happens and, a lot. Uh, and that's a, that's a nice thing that boy, people it's do. Just,
3: it's just, come on. you yeah. got to be smart with your training. Yeah. And sometimes, like, hey, look, look at this fighter. He is completely beat down, wore out. And, and he's, you know, yeah, you could try and get him to mentally push through all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But guess what? That muscle fatigue is
2: there. And he's, he's
3: ripe to be injured right now yeah. so change training. Yeah, change of training.
2: That's where intelligence comes in, and that's what people don't understand about MMA. Is that, you know, I've I've had people like write these really stupid things that are just knee jerk reaction. Oh, these brain dead no monoids beating the shit out no of knee jerk reactions I to bet, stuff. I bet you've seen this. I've, you've seen this amongst people, but. Uh, when uh, you know you really break it down in in order to really be at a high level and compete in MMA you're managing a lot of shit mentally emotionally physically and on top of that you're trying to piece together the the game with the most consequences of any other game mm-hmm. the, the the game of fucking people up or getting fucked up there's yep. some, it's the most consequences emotionally most consequences physically anybody who thinks losing a basketball game is hard is, has never you had could, their ass
3: kicked you could go yeah. out there and uh, you know going out <clears throat> and as a team losing uh, let's say the NBA championships sucks yeah you know what I mean but it really is only a real motherfucker if you had the game-winning clutch shot and you were actually inside right. the uh, the key and you threw and it you up blew it. and you blew it. Yeah. Now that is
2: way that's really that's painful. Bill that's Brock that's that's shit. close.
3: That's as close as you can get that kind of thing to being a fighter and losing a major fight on national worldwide television. That's that, and even still, like it's it, has, even close. it has to be the championship you have to lose the ab- the entire championship to do that and here's the wa- the the thing that also why it doesn't quite get to that point for for that per that basketball player versus the fighter because next year you get another chance to just do it all over again yeah and while you may have blown it and the whole city's like fuck you you suck whatever blah 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 no one kicked your ass yeah at the, so, so now you go and you compound the fact that not only did you just do something, you had it, all the cards, you had all, everything in front of you, and this was your chance. Not only did you blow it in front of everyone, but somebody beat your ass to make you blow it. Yeah. You didn't just go out there and fuck up. No, you got fucked up, and you lost.
2: Yeah, the mental management of all these different things, the, the physical task of actually fighting, controlling your energy, knowing mm-hmm. how to pace yourself on top of knowing what to execute. And there's so many dimensions to execution as opposed to like a, uh, anything standard like a basketball game or a, right. even a boxing match. Tons
3: of dimensions. There's I so many most the fourth dimension, yeah. like
2: my third eye, <laughs> my when brown eye. When you're adding in, I mean, like how many – look, I watched uh, Crow Cop today versus <clears throat> Randallman. We were mm-hmm. watching Best of Pride. I was going off on Twitter. Twitter, the the fucking best of pride today was insane. It was uh, Dan Henderson's uh, second fight with Vandalay, which is like one of the greatest fights of all time. That was awesome. And then they showed Crow Cop getting knocked out by Randleman. And I was like, man, like that is where that wrestling dimension really falls into place because krokop is so worried about that takedown that he gets clipped with a big punch right where he probably would not have gotten clipped with that if it was just a standard stand-up fight exactly it just makes it all so and much Randall more and gave him the
3: fake and then he came up yeah. when he knew
2: the kick was coming that's when he threw the punch there's so much intelligence and strategy and consequence and emo- there's like it's it's such a highly charged game that when people like say things about it like oh a bunch of brain dead mongoloids beating the shit out of each other it's just like, there's some, man. There's some. But it's such a silly point of view. It like, is. And you, it, don't, you, you know, you know Anybody see. that
3: says that is just yeah. – you know, anytime – like I read something uh, – and this, this really got to me. There was uh, an article on – there's this new uh, thing on Vice called Fightland. Yes. And one of the guys on there uh, likes to interview musicians about what would their fight music be. And he interviewed some guy that's like a producer or something and the guy just – essentially just spewed vitriol about how stupid fighting is and fighting is dumb and that's what idiots do and that's what we've regressed that's a regression we've progressed past that you know the uncultured and the uh, you know society is i'm like that's what animals do animals and babies fight and i'm like fuck you you know i'm sorry that you're a lopsided individual and that you actually the physical, the physical part of your brain and your body are basically defunct And you've you've thrown that away, and you think that somehow that makes you a superior human being because actually what it makes you is it makes you a defect. You're the kind of thing that I don't want to be out there breeding to make a better human race because you're not going to because you've decided to throw away a part that is essential as a human being. And and fighting doesn't have to be angry, violent – animalistic just two dogs and cats going at it you know that kind of thing it has to, it can be so much more than that and it doesn't and any physical endeavor is more than that and can be more than that and it's, it was just such a shitty narrow point of view that i thought well if for someone who's supposed to be so educated to say such a thing, like it really got under my fucking skin, like mad, like made me want to beat him up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How
2: ironic!
3: <laughs> but I just thought it was it was wow, ridiculous you're to fucking say fool. that.
2: Look, I've I've been in the presence of people who have called me an idiot for doing martial arts or for even working out. You know, I've had like you know people mock that you take care of your body, of course. And it's just a defense mechanism because they're smoking cigarettes and they know they're rotting themselves away. And so they, there's some weird justification that there's like a, an intellectual actual argument for the finite lifespan of the human being and why fuck with it anyway why even worry about it? What do you What do you do? you're trying to stay alive forever. What are you doing? You're eating greens and taking your vitamins. Mm-hmm. What are you taking steroids? What are you trying to live forever? And you know that, that attitude of you know that there's they can't be bothered with exercise. Like, well, that is one of the dumbest things. You're telling me you're an intelligent person. You mm-hmm. want me to respect your opinion. You have these cynical points of views on things, but yet you're not taking care of your meat vehicle. Right. Okay. What are you retarded? The thing that holds yeah.
3: the the brain, the computer, that all this supposed intelligence and wisdom and, and yeah. all the the filter that you have to, to do everything and to spew out anything that, that you experience in the world right. is, exists within this. You don't just
2: drive a car into the fucking ground and throw it away. It's dumb. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if, you, if your car works, take care of it. Okay? Change the fucking oil, stupid. And when you, you deal with people that somehow or another it's, – it's hilarious that – is that there's like a whole section of humanity that thinks that for some reason that they by eschewing anything physical and sweating and that they are a, a superior intellect, and they judge right. a person like yourself or anybody who's doing something physical as being an inferior intellect. You right. almost automatically get categorized. Oh, you're a uh, a martial artist. Oh, mm. you you fight. That's cute. Oh, you that's wonderful. Be, you
3: must be dumb. Oh, that's great. I, I can't wait. I'm glad that. You you can push a broom better than somebody else now it's like no asshole it's not got nothing to do with that and while yes i could out broom you
2: but uh <clears throat> and probably out fuck your wife but probably either would way never <laughs> be able to wrap their head around what it must have been like to be in like what was the biggest arena you guys played in in japan
3: oh uh tokyo national uh, outdoor stadium ninety-three thousand.
2: Jesus, uh, Jesus! went out there Jesus. with
3: uh, bob Sapp and called out nogara right in front of ninety-three thousand fans in japanese three
2: Holy shit. Who did you fight?
3: I didn't get the fight thing. I wish I could have. I was Bob's coach. I walked oh. out to the ring with him, and then I got in the, the center of the ring, called out No after beating Bob.
2: What's the biggest uh, crowd that you ever had? Was it fifty
3: thousand at the Tokyo Dome when I fought uh, Yoshiki Takahashi, defending the King of Pancras Belt oh, uh, for New Japan Pro Wrestling Ultimate Crush 2.
2: I was Worked at fifty-five. On- I think it was sixty thousand at the Rogers Center in Toronto yeah. for the. Um, Toronto. It was yeah. George St Pierre and Jake Shields, and that was insane. It's nuts, and uh, I was on. I mean, all. Also- so to
3: add to, I fought in front of like 50,000, 55,000 people. I fought on the same card where uh, Lyoto made his, uh, his debut. So I knew that kid when we all – the only way we could converse was through Japanese wow. because he didn't really speak English at the time and I didn't speak any Portuguese. And then that card where I fought you know, 50, in front of 50,000 plus, I fought on the same card that Hulk Hogan wrestled on
2: whoa you So know? they mix it up with yeah. pro wrestling as well right that was a big thing in japan right like they they would they would mix in pro wrestling and then they would also have pro wrestlers who would fight shoots they would yeah. fight real mma fights
3: there was a real um want to try and bridge that gap again and you know what it takes the right individual and it takes the right kind of planning there wasn't a, a really a good amount of planning put behind getting those wrestlers prepared to do it they were just right. really a lot of them were just shoved into these scenarios where the yakuza well no just by their just Managers. by japanese uh bureau politics as it is like you know this is your your shot is your boss whatever like if
2: he says go do this and you, you really got to fucking do it and that's so just the way it goes if you're a big time pro wrestler mm-hmm. like takata and mm-hmm. your boss comes out takata was a huge pro wrestler yeah. right big handsome japanese motherfucker right um, he went into MMA, and he had a couple of fishy fights. Like mm-hmm. the, the one with Coleman, that was fishy as no, fuck. good. Coleman is a goddamn terrible actor. Right? I love Mark <laughs> Coleman. I love the Hammer. He's the original I Hammer. I love him, too, man. I love I, Matt Hamill. He, uh, he just had a birthday, Coleman. Did he really? Yeah. I love the fuck out of that, dude. He's a Me fun too. dude to hang out with, love too. Love that guy. Tell, he's got amazing stories yeah. for days. Yeah, he's, he's great to drink with. He's a good dude, too. I hung out with him when he was the champ in uh, Augusta, Georgia. Oh, wow. Yeah, we went to this crazy club that was like it was like like it looked like a house like someone had turned a house into a club I mean it was a mess but uh you know, it was like in the the, the 90s when he was the champ awesome the godfather of ground and pound love Coleman yeah but his fight with Dakota was clearly fuckery well and so okay so
3: here's an example so uh <clears throat> Uh, I fought Inoki Bombay like 2003, I think it was. Or For whatever. folks who
2: don't understand what we're talking about, we're talking about fixed fights. Yeah. We're talking about there was a few fights where they had predetermined outcomes because they wanted these big Japanese superhero dudes to, to win. And there was a couple of them that were kind of obvious.
3: So uh, I fought, fought on this Inoki Bombay card in Kobe Stadium. And
2: that was a combination card. Cause Inoki, no, no, this, this, co- this it was Kobe all,
3: card, it was all fights. All MMA. This one was all fights. Okay. And uh, I fought Sem Schilt and I defended the King of Pancras title. Uh, against who was the former King of Pancras guy before me. So uh, so it was a rematch against Semi. And uh, on that same card, uh, my friend, uh, fellow New Japan pro wrestler at the time, and it still is, Yuji Nagata fought Fyodor. And here's the thing. He got pushed into that like three, four weeks out, oh three my weeks God. out. Oh, my God. And his attitude was just like, all right, well, this is, you know, I got to do it. They want, they want me to fight him. So to make sure that this guy, you know, that Fjordor basically fights on this card, and they they have a match where people are going to be all interested to see it because I'm another name, I'll do it. And so I did my best to help him out, train him. I even paid Stitch to, who was there with me as my my cut and corner guy, to go to wrap his hands and work on his cuts too. And I did the best I could, and I cornered Takata, and you know there wasn't. All right, cornered uh, Nagata and they're just you – know, he just wasn't – he won. He's not even fighting. I mean we used to spar and wrestle and grapple and do all kinds of stuff on tour all the time. You know, we were always working out together. Uh, but that's way different from training for a fight and yeah. then trying to fight one of the absolute best guys in the world. And then on like three weeks' notice it, – It's crazy. The guy's a trooper, man. He's a real fucking awesome dude. But is, uh, is He a, got pushed into it. There's a different attitude though there in uh, Japan. Shogunai is what it's called. Shogunai means can't be helped. So that's basically the attitude: is if you, you know, something shitty goes down, whatever reactors start melting down, and you, as this technician, are just going to go in there, knowing you are going to basically you are committing, you are you are going to die, and you are going to go and you shut that thing down anyways. Shogunai can't be helped.
2: Whoa, that's hard for us to
3: understand. Well, that's why a tragedy hits Japan like that, and people stand in line don't flip out orderly they, they take care yeah. of each other yeah but it's beautiful really it is and that's uh that was another thing like the, the cultures around the world are all different and the way they operate are all different so like when all the crazy shit that's been going on in the u.s and then people are g- going rampant like rabid dogs throwing out statistics from this country and that country and this country all about different things and it's like you can't really compare us to japan or us to the uk or us to the like every they're all different cultures and you, yeah. mean, you only can compare america to america and the way that we – our people are educated, the way that our government system works, the way that the our populace is divided up and the land that they live in, the type of philosophies that they carry and the culture that drives them yeah. makes them unique to, to America and no place
2: else. Yeah, it's hard to wrap your head around that. For a lot of people, they, they think that you know if we have the same uh, – Access to weapons as people do in other parts of the world, then we'd have the same results. But that's not the case because if you look at parts of Africa where you know it's, we, you've got complete, total uh, I- immersion in crime. Mm-hmm. You know, like you look at Liberia and the amount of guns and violence and stuff. Like there's parts of the world that are just violent.
3: That and, that's just murdering each other yeah, every day. Just, just about. This, Apparently, this, South Africa, even the the what you think of as the civilized, more um um uh, uh, developed parts of Africa in terms of like, uh, society and, uh, or, or like just like city and modern type infrastructure, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not here to, de- to, de- to, right. declare that, you know, one way of living is better than say, you know, another aboriginal, right. Whatever. Right. Who cares? You, know?
2: you were just talking about technology, right? Yeah.
3: So, uh, even in those, I mean, there's like these people, you know, that BMW has an, an option and I got this from, uh, from a South African who's telling me about this. I was down racing the Baja 1000 and one of these guys, uh, working with the company uh, Wide Open, was telling me about, uh, about living in South Africa and how BMW has a factory option at the dealerships, and, or I, I think it's a factory option, or at least it's, it's only offered in South Africa. You order a BMW, you can order uh, an anti-carjacking uh, package. Uh, package. And you want to hear what this anti-carjacking package is? Yes. Okay. What they do is they install propane tanks into these cars and they put a set of burners along the 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 side trim down there below the door so if somebody comes to carjack you because it is so prevalent you hit this fucking button and flames shoot out the fucking side of the car and you char them to death i love that and you know what the cops do they come rolling up in south africa and they're like ah, another
2: one wow I need to get that. And have you seen that? Brian, pull that up. I don't I even saw it know. like little feverish fingers. I don't even know
3: how true this is, but I've seen the thing rolling around on Facebook and whatever about some female doctor in South Africa because rape is so such a freaking awful Oh, yeah, the problem, anti-rape condom. That they
2: make that insertion yeah. uh-huh. device
3: with barbs in
2: it. Yes, it does.
3: Can you imagine yeah. living in a society where you have to wear, as a woman, you have to wear a, a condom with spikes in it to, mm-hmm. to protect yourself
2: from rape? Yeah, because there's it's, there's that much rape going on. What the fuck? It's basically like the jungle. How? Wh- it's as close as people can get to and a here's jungle the thing. behavior. Uh, another
3: thing my buddy from South Africa was telling me about is uh, at one point, so he he did get so they have tricky ways of carjacking you know down there. So he does he gets carjacked and he's not in his car and in a, in a way that he can hit his burners and kill these fuckers. So they carjack him, they they run off and whatever, and the cops show up and the cops. Chase them down and shoot these fuckers. But in the midst of that, where they they leave the guy, they have to leave the guy to go tra- track down these dudes. So my friends just sitting there and they go, "Hey, here you go." And they just hand him a Specter submachine gun and go, "All right, if you, if these guys come back around, just shoot them." Whoa! So there's here's so a place the full of guns.
2: The cops just gave him a gun and told him to wipe this
0: dude. Whoa! Wipe them out if they come back.
2: Here's a machine gun. Hold your ground. Holy yeah.
0: fuck! Here's the carjacking thing. I've actually seen this before. It's crazy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I need to see this. God bless you, BMW. Needs one of these.
2: Holy fuck. The Why don't they just jack you from the back door? They have ways of trying to do Are they going to do this on somebody? Yeah. Will somebody get cooked? Products, oh, my God. That's amazing. That is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and that's what people are living in. What if you missed that switch? What if you're texting while you're driving and you <laughs> accidentally hit that switch? Look at this. Okay, hey, I'm sorry. Let me hit this switch real quick while you got this gun in my face. Oh no, it's not a flamethrower that I'm lighting. That's not propane you smell. This is.
0: Wow. You need bulletproof glass, too. They probably offer that. Can you imagine getting in a car accident and your car would just blow up? God well. <laughs> bless you. God bless you, BMW. But so,
3: so that's what I'm talking about. And that, you know, it's. it's yeah,
2: there's, so, there's cultures
3: and societies are radically different everywhere. Now, we don't necessarily need flamethrower, you know, things on our cars. Speak I mean, for but yourself. there, are, there are probably are parts of the U.S., Detroit. Potentially, I don't know a whole lot about Detroit. Detroit's supposed to be place. bad. You know, it's supposed to be yeah, real bad. But uh, I mean, that is a viable option. I mean, that could be yeah. necessary, and it's not because I want to run around flame people for freedom. Although I try to do most things for freedom, as
2: long as you do it with a good country music background, yeah. And the belt buckle is big enough. Something, can you get something twangy in the background, yeah. Fucking burn my your w- freedom, burn you like the
3: eagle inside my heart. <laughs> so, <laughs> <it's a> fire <laughs> straight from
2: Jesus to the bad guys. So, uh, just, I, mean,
3: um, I mean, but how about this? You know, think about, oh, you're driving in your car, you got your kids and whatever, and some asshole comes up, he wants to carjack you. And let's just be honest, once anybody, somebody starts pulling guns, knives, any type of weapon, he wants to do harm to you, but for, for his own purposes, you have no idea what they're going to do. Oh, well, he's just going to, no, he's not, you don't know if he's just going to steal your shit. Uh, you yeah. have no clue. I mean, there was uh, a report of uh, these dudes in, like, uh, I don't know if it was Mississippi, it was, it was like a, 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 a bad news ghetto area right it was like a gnarly spot where these where folks were living and apparently these dudes carjacked some little couple and took them back took their car took their shit took them back to their to their to the residence or wherever where where, where these uh these nefarious dudes were staying and then tortured and raped them and killed them and then threw their bodies in a tra- in a dumpster okay so it wasn't even enough to just take someone's car their possessions or belongings but took like this boyfriend girlfriend and fucking mutilated them and did horrible shit to them and then killed them and uh you're like well and that's just the thing is that you don't know what somebody who has ill intent for you is is, really has up to do so i've had people talk to me about like oh what happens if he pulls a gun on you i'm like why give them what they want you know what i mean i'm not trying to to bargain my life versus a bullet over. A wallet with some money in it or whatever like that's just not that important but i also think in my head like you have to assess a situation and it might become absolutely clear that i'm this guy might not have any intention of letting me go there's a lot of that in the world or you know if someone pulls a knife on me i'm like god i hope never and they're like why i go because if someone pulls a knife on me i'm going to murder them if i have to like, I'm not going to stop until he's dead because he's got a fucking knife. I don't know where his friends are. I don't know anything about what's going on. All I know is that if the minute a weapon gets pulled on my person, they intend for me to die. Whether yeah. they actually don't have the guts to go through with it or not, or maybe that just they just want my belongings, I don't know that shit. I can't read minds. I just know
2: someone wants to call, like, kill me to take my shit. I think there's a, a real – there's an, a mindset that a lot of people have where if you concentrate on things like that, you can sort of manifest it. And if you spend all your time worrying about people attacking you, then you know you're going to invite that shit into your life. There's a lot I'm of people sure. that really yeah. believe that. And they also believe that – you know, really, the the evolved way to be is to just never, never get into any sort of an altercation with anybody, and try to keep society as civil as possible. and That's impossible. Make as many laws as possible. Yeah, I, I see their point of view, but uh, the real problem is the randomness of life. You know, well, I see their point of view too, but
3: I think it's pretty obvious where that type of concept goes. I mean, it's like you um, need to get killed. Well, there, you yeah. can get ki- not only can you get killed, but now all of a sudden you take away the ability to be the kind of any kind of per- the person that you, any individual that you want to be. All right. of a sudden you become some you become part of some fucked up Ayn Rand novel yeah. where you can't even use the word "I" anymore. Yeah, you know it's like whoa. That's why would you want to? That's yeah, it may be peaceful, but how is that? That's a that's repression a- of, of the human spirit and and.
2: Like that, there's no growth in that. Well, not only that, you're allowing, you're doing a shitty job of preserving your own excellent genetics by allowing mm-hmm. some cunt bag to take you out. Of course, when intellectually you could have made a decision early in your life to prepare for something like this, so that if something goes down, you're not physically completely inept, and you get to decide whether or not you get injured or not. And if somebody goes to do you bodily harm, and they don't understand that you're a trained killer. Boom, you survive, and they don't, whereas another person in the same situation, you could think you're smart all day, but mm-hmm. now you're dead. Yeah. Okay? You weren't
3: smart enough to fucking stop from getting your ass pummeled to death you know, yeah. in the street. And, and the thing is, it could be as simple as a home dude from uh, NXS, right? <clears throat> he, uh,
2: the guy who died jerking off? No,
3: no, no. Uh, the guy that, that
2: guy died jerking off? No, he... The he, guy from NSX, NXS? He killed himself. He, no, he, he died. It was autoerotic association. He's one of a slew. Trust me, I'm a goddamn expert Okay, that.
3: Well, that may be so, but up leading up to that point, uh, he was drunk as fuck, apparently, and got an altercation with somebody. He got shoved, and he fell, and he hit his head on a curb, and the reper- repercussion from that was uh, he received brain damage to where he couldn't smell or taste anymore. Really? And it drove him nuts.
2: Oh, my God. And that's he murdered he himself.
3: A... But that was just, just simply falling down, hitting his head. He could hit his head on a curb like 50 times, and who knows how it could turn out. You know, it could have brained him right there and killed him or taken uh, – done just given him a, a crack and, you know, needed some stitches. It could be just a big goose egg. How long I mean?
2: did it um, last for him? Like, uh, I think long? it was a permanent how, thing. For how many years? Like, I don't know. I don't know. But I believe it was a permanent thing. Like it wasn't wow, coming back. That's cr- – so he couldn't taste anything? Taste or smell. Jesus Christ. How would you know? Like – what pussy smells like. That was
3: actually you know. what was described to me as part of the huge issue was that oh he loved God. women so much he could never taste a woman ever again. Oh, the poor fucking, guy. He went, yeah, I mean, that's a horrible fucking thing to think of. But that's also to show you that, you know, the randomness, you could fall off, you could fall from, you know, 10,000 feet in the air and your shooting not open, bounce, break every bone in your body and live through it. Yeah. I mean, fuck. The, the human body is pretty amazing what it can go through. I mean, I should be some sort of... Uh, um, Uh, example of that as a fighter of 15 years and all the fucking shit i've been through and yet i'm a walking talking moving capable human being still and being physically fit does help with that and and all my fight training and the, the few accidents i've ever been in where people have hit me in my cars uh all that training all that sparring all that time spent in the gym and being in those you know those those uh fight or flight scenarios and that high intensity shit the whole world slows down to me, and I'm completely cognizant, aware, and capable. Where I know if you were a person that, that did not f- train and hone your focus and your physicality and your mental uh, fortitude, you'd just fucking – I don't know what happened. I, blah, ah, and they'd just flip out, and they wouldn't be able to be cognizant or aware in that moment at all. It
2: says that he was, he found. was found dead. He committed suicide yeah. apparently. Yeah. Um, I'm wrong. I thought he was an autoerotic asphyxiation guy. And it you're was really suggest- big on
3: your uh, on your choking and
2: jerking off. Yeah, I don't know why. It's my <laughs> thing. Um, there was a I know. Th- I, I apologize That's how to I the, roll the family of uh, Mr. Hutchings. I thought he. Well, it said it had up. it said it had
0: been suggested, but there was no evidence that hmm. found it. Maybe it was one of those like Richard Gear uh, gerbil warrant right.
2: rumor things. Ah, uh, just something spreading. Have through you the ever head. tried that, Joe? Have you ever a done a gerbil that? up your ass? No, 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 no. Jesus choking Christ, yourself son. off when you jerk off with, with yeah. a gerbil up your ass. With me. a gerbil. <laughs> no, I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need to choke myself off while I beat off. I'm fine with regular beating. off. <laughs> regular beating. It's always worked well for me. It's quite, quite satisfying. Yeah,
3: I'm pretty happy with it myself. Yeah, I'm a Big fan.
2: I don't. I really don't find any need to improve it. It's like when girls started putting like tongue rings in. Oh, it helps when you give them blowjobs. Guess what? It, it, no, doesn't it doesn't really help. It's just a new thing.
3: It, it, the only thing that make it maybe in your mind, it's like, oh, yeah. she's sucking my cock with like this weird piece of jewelry. Like I had a couple girls that have had pierced pussies and like.
2: Wasn't any better. No. Yeah. The weird thing about the pierced tongue is they're letting you know they're down to suck some cock. That's like... In a, a, a way, green light. yeah. Yeah, it's a green light. Any girl who What's has a, a pierced tongue say? and doesn't suck, there's a target to shoot some loads. She's yeah. down to fuck. Awesome. Put, you know, girls put them have, in the cereal bowls. Sh- girls don't have the tramp stamps the if they're not down to fuck. I mean, if a girl does not like sex, she doesn't put a goddamn target on her lower back, <laughs> right? And if a girl doesn't like giving head, she doesn't walk around with a barbell in her mouth. says, look at my mouth. Know, uh, yeah, that's what you're thinking about, shooting loads on that thing. You know what you're doing, you dirty bitch. You know what you're trying to do. God damn it. Don't pretend. Any girl who has a tongue ring who doesn't you. give head is an asshole. <laughs> if you're a girl and you have a tongue or if you're a guy, if you're a guy and, you're and you a don't give ring, head with a tongue ring, you yeah, you're a head. dick. Yeah, Think about that. If you're a guy with a tongue ring and you don't eat pussy, you can go fuck yourself. How about that, you silly bitch? Don't if you're a guy and you don't eat pussy, you? anyways, you're a yeah, pretty horrible person. Besides, there's a reason why it smells bad, okay? That's nature telling you to get the fuck out of there. You're not the only <laughs> one who's using this, this watering hole. <laughs> there's there's a, a battle of loads going on yeah, brewing you know inside what? that snatch right now.
3: There is no way to cleanse this thing right yeah, now. This is, a, this is a bad
2: news deal. You need to get out of there. Isn't it funny? that That <clears throat> smell, it's like the smell of shit. And the smell of dirty pussy, man, that's Oof. debatable. I'll tell you, a, a yeast infection smell is just as bad or worse it's sh- than shit. sharp, and,
3: and it's like this sort of, it just gets on your tongue. Even if you yeah. don't eat it, you're just like, ah, mm, And it ah. makes you
2: want to flee, whereas yeah. shit makes you want to clean it up. Yeah. You know, if you smell shit you like Jesus. Yeah, you smell dirty pussy, this? you don't want to clean it up. You yeah. just want it to be gone. Like if you just if want you, to you ever, spray it with Lysol and kick it out the door. Have you ever gone down on a girl and you smell a dirty asshole? Uh, you know, like some girls they they don't use yes, baby wipes. They yes, wipe their ass with yes. paper towels mm-hmm. and shit. Well, it's, it's a terrible terrible thing where you're trying to concentrate on eating pussy and you smell the asshole next door just stinking up the box uh, like, but you don't want to give up. Because her pussy doesn't smell bad. It's just right. she
3: smells shit. You just want to clean her up. So, you know, you just you just take a little bit of the uh, the sheets and you just kind of roll it up this on is, top. This or you is put a moment. little hand over it, yeah. you know, a little palm action. That'll work. Block her. By the way,
2: this is the moment where we lost all of our female listeners. And I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're hanging in there, God bless you. We're want to turn the ship around. We're going to bring it back. But you
3: hear that? We're talking right. about the ass may stink, all right? Yeah, you want you used a can't. Brillo pad on it instead of something proper. And here, look. I'm just we're still down to, there
2: trying to do our job. I'm trying to get to the bottom of that the horrific smell. Like the and I, I know women get uncomfortable about the subject. I've had girls like get really mad at me for even broaching the subject. Like, like what, a dead what is going s- it's on? Like, it's like a
3: rotten squid, yeah, like rolled in a pile of six-month-old cat shit.
2: And then, by the way, I'm not talking about talking about the woman who has that. I would never do that. I'm not like rude. I mean, I'd probably let you know you got a little issue, but I wouldn't be like really graphic. No, you about gotta it. be cool about it. Look, right, bodies do
3: fucking yes. funk, funked up weird shit. Yes. The best thing you can do is like, look, if there's like some sort of a bv thing going on or anything yes. like that be a fucking cool dude please how about it okay you're yeah. fucking a girl in the ass and there's a little poop all right tell her, clean don't up. don't flip out about it go what? in the shower clean and get back up, to it and you know what up. and then you know probably this chick's gonna be like oh my god oh my god like you, you come to me give her a hug and be like yeah. fuck that so who cares no have the other girl lick it up but yeah you, exactly the other girl brian you never yeah, not everybody's
2: rolling like you you freak. fling it across the room <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, that's. Or if you're an artist, you so, can make a painting out of it. But even if you were talking about the subject of of, of stinky vaginas w- with a girl whose vagina doesn't stink, mm-hmm. no, they're like, stop! They'll be like, stop! Stop! It's like you're bringing up Candyman and you're saying his name twice. Like, <laughs> don't do it again! Like, you're somehow going to. Tony Todd's the, going to just ghost
3: come flying out of her vagina a with a big
2: pussy. hook. What's that weird thing? It's like bees it's, everywhere. It's nature literally telling you to get away. Like the smell of like a yeast infection is like it's repulsive. It like it's making you flee. Mm. Like it like literally makes you just.
3: If that doesn't, then the curds coming out oh, are usually. Yes. Like, how
2: dare the you? I dare.
3: How dare. I dare. I dare.
2: Yeah. What is that? Think of that Hockey. with
3: peaches on it.
2: How come sometimes that cheesy stuff doesn't smell bad at all? You don't even care. Like some sometimes girls just get overly horny and they start producing like yogurt. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Yeah.
0: I think it's the beginning of or the end of one. Is that what it is? I think it is. Well, there's also that cream. Some girls have that
3: creamy white stuff that they they start, you know, some more than others. And it's... uh it's, it's fucking potent, man. It's it's a serious, it's like eating foie gras kind a of girl thing. I dated,
2: a girl I dated when I was a teenager would get so wet, it would run down her leg. Oh, yes. You know? Like, literally. Oh, yes. I mean, all the way down of below those. her knee. It was yeah, crazy. It
3: bubbling and, you know, yeah. Frothing.
2: It didn't even make any sense. I'm like, Are you Frothing. Pain? Frothing. Frothing Like, is- what the fuck is going on? She would yeah. just, and it was all. Pussy lube, like oh, everything yeah. would be
3: all slippery. She's just She's fucking going, and you know there is a thing on. about. There's a problem with uh, not a problem, but just one thing you have to know. County, you. you get the. I've had a, a few girls that just, just crazy wetness. I like to right. think it's all attributed to me, you're, but you're uh, uh, I'm such a I'm such a fucking manly stud talk. studmeister. Yeah. You know the way, the way I put you. my hands on them, the way I, I like kick the cat out of the way. We're getting on the
2: bed. That's <laughs> important sometimes for yeah. a girl. Fucking throw the animals out of the room, but uh, out.
3: out. It, it can get to the point where it's so wet you gotta you just gotta wipe away man you gotta you gotta clean off and keep going because there's, you can't feel anything it's just like yeah
2: it's yeah, like there a, are girls that just just goes overboard but fortunately I have a gigantic cock so that's not an issue oh perfect it's always tight it's, it just fucking just stretches always that whole thing out there. yeah they should no.
0: drink Pedialyte so they don't you know dehydrate well process.
2: I was thinking to myself because I I thought when um I don't have a gigantic cock.
0: In the interest is full disclosure,
2: <laughs> I don't want a lot of the people. But um, when you're
3: when they're gonna I, come up when, to you at a show and be like,
2: Joe, let me see how big your cock is. Like, I, it was just a joke. When, when I was dating this girl, obviously I didn't know any better. I was only like, you know, eighteen, nineteen years old. I didn't know that everybody wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that one day, you know, like a lot of like young girls, they get really wet. But then you get older and you realize, oh wait a minute, that was like as wet as a girl ever got ever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh well, that was her prime. Like her baby making prime was when she was like sixteen, seventeen. Maybe she just had 18, less hang up too. Like that, yeah. because
3: well, like with women, man, it's all yeah. about the brain. Like if they if they don't want to come, they ain't coming. Some girls can't come, right? No, there's yeah, that's that's which is a tragedy because Sad. they they should uh, you know have that. I mean, they,
2: it's up to them really. Yeah, I mean, and you, gr- got, girls will say to you, "No, fuck you. You didn't just, just you didn't make her come. She can come. You just can't make her come." Like, trust me. There's some, there's some girls. No, that sure, there's technical regular. difficulties, there's there's there's, you know, you don't you put it out
3: right. But honestly, like a lot of times it's really, and you know, if she's not comfortable hundred percent, she's not where she needs to be. Or even if she's not comfortable with her body enough yeah. to know how to make herself okay, you all sensitive, sensitive I am, guess, you know, right I, right I get in there, the head, Josh, and like, how are you doing? Do you want me to release these manacles? Are they too tight? Take, Do You want me to let you out of the basement? Take me, Joshua.
0: <laughs> it's like the girl I dated in high school. I could fist so easily. And I thought every I thought every girl you could fit. Every that girl was fistable. Yeah. Well, your
2: hands were little back then. You that's were a so tiny fella. True. You were just you know, growing up. If I can,
3: if I can at least karate chop them a little bit, then I'm I'm good to go.
2: <laughs> well, it's it's funny how one girl will respond to one thing, but then you try that on another girl, and they're fucking get angry at you. Well, you know what I get? It's like, okay, how about some uniformity? Uh, here's right? something. Now,
3: <clears throat> maybe this would make sense or not, but. So I, I I was in a relationship for almost eight years. You know, I'm super loyal, dude. Don't fuck around. Don't play around. That's it's my thing. When I'm when I'm in one, I'm in one. When, when I'm not, I'm not. And uh, I became newly single. And so, uh, you know, first off, Cue I get the all the, uh, at, the time, at the time at the time. This is newly single.
2: Honestly. And so,
3: uh, first thing, I'm going out. I'm trying to go out on the town every and. Uh, you know people are like oh especially the chicks that you run into like oh but you just you have groupies everywhere you just fucking everything all the time you just got all pouring i go yeah actually in a way i've got tons of groupies straight men who form a barrier around me buying me all the fucking drinks i want buying me all the shots wanting to fuck like pushing girls out of the way i can't get a single piece of pussy because they can't get through that wall of cock that's surrounding me and so uh and every girl's like, whatever. You're lying. You're so full of shit. Like, you're you're just such a playboy. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So, uh, so at any point, uh, I finally start finding a few gals that are that are down to like they're cool. They want to read books,
2: go for coffee.
3: Right? Yeah, we're chilling. We're we're, we're talking about the new uh, you know operating system on our our Macs. Throw whatever. the ball, let the dog catch okay, it, and bring yeah, it back. Absolutely. Um, and so. I, I find some chicks that are cool they're respectable they're not assholes or whatever and we're, we're alright cool it's, we'll, we'll fucking hang out and all of a sudden I get start getting all these girls that want physicality like
2: oh yeah
3: held up whacked around smacked around fucking thrown all over the place aka my ex girlfriends. and I'm like I started to think for. I'm talking to my buddies. I'm like, is it because I'm a big physical dude and I'm a fighter? Like, I don't think they're this way necessarily with everybody. Like, and they want me to do shit they've never done. <laughs> and i like, of course, I'm more than willing to oblige.
2: Well, you have to, but do you do you judge them? No, you know. You say no, some, well, I mean, I think every every
3: person is different, and you can definitely tell the, the the difference between ones where they're like, okay, there's some psychological fucking issues going on here, and some right. that just they see me as that's the facilitator. Of, a, of an ass-whooping fucking, apparently. AKA the good ones.
2: I guess, yeah. Yeah, those are the ones that are guilt-free. Oh, no, no,
3: I've had plenty of chicks that liked getting you know the shit ragdolled out of them, but were awesome, smart, n- normal, yeah. I mean, just good people. Like, they're rad. And it, their bedroom habits don't necessarily – aren't always an indication of what somebody is as a person. That's always, like, one of my big issues why people are always being such assholes about gay people. It's like, I don't give a fuck – what he or her does if they're gay at all. Like how is that that's right. not they are a, a amalgamation of all these different things and who they fuck is only one small part of it. Yeah. Like, it's get over. It's it. a it's a dumb person's argument.
2: Either it dumb or, or my joke is you're the dumb or you're secretly worried that dicks are delicious. Those are the only two reasons why you'd be upset.
3: Well, my dick seems to be very delicious. As far have as you I've tried it said. yourself, I've how been,
2: flexible are you, John? I
3: well, I can't rubber guard, so <laughs> I have to still keep finding these chicks. But I've been told my dick tastes famous. My dick tastes famous. I have been told that famous
2: <laughs> that your dick tastes famous. Yeah. What else did he tell you? this is right now where people are getting so super angry because <laughs> the sound levels are not equalized <laughs> oh, hey what, what can we do to do this is there something we can do about that brian because we people do are it. constantly complaining but they're always complaining that this but above there will be
0: all, out of one million people that listen to it there's always going to be two people that tweet you
2: but the sound, but <laughs> apparently there are large spikes. If you have something, you well, you're always gonna, you're, gonna have, if, you're
0: always gonna have you're that. always gonna have large spikes. If, if you have certain yeah. people like Joey Diaz, where he's like, oh, you know, or like Josh John Barnett, Donald,
2: ah, fucking Viking
3: shit going on here. Well, you know, and here's the thing: like uh, anybody that's that is completely cool and loves something, they often don't say a fucking thing. Right. Anybody that wants to be a negative. Piece of shit, like go out there and spoil it for everyone, and just shit all over the world with all their negative garbage bullshit. You know, there's a little of that. They want to talk the most. There's the a people with of that. the least to
2: say want to be heard the most. There's a little of that, but there also is a lot of. I learn a lot from the criticism that we get oh, on I the didn't, show. I'm
3: not applying that with a broad brush across. The I know. World I just, business. I'm just I'm right saying, right. I, I need
2: to qualify it myself because I don't want all people right. to think I, a right. lot of a lot of the peop- shit that people have said to us about the show and me as a stand-up and me as a commentator and me as a comedian i said that or said it twice um i've learned a lot from douchebags like it's it seems like you wouldn't because they're they're being cunty but then you got to say well if they even have a point like even a tiny point mm-hmm. they can say something they might not even know. then all you have to do is figure out what that thing is and take that away well, like if they, you have a weakness right. fix mm-hmm. that weakness mm-hmm. now they can't say shit sure and if they do say shit well then it doesn't mean anything anymore it right. only means something if you really
3: feel like there's some merit to what they're saying even some of the dumbest just most asinine trite that gets thrown at you it's it's not always easy to do, but you realize i mean it is possible to learn in some way from all this shit yes. sometimes it, it isn't anything learning necessarily directly about you, but this could be by seeing what this person is doing, being on the receiving end of these things, and you can look back and you can think about well how have I done anything remotely like that right in my own life how How have I ever acted in such a way that you know is is on that same Level of of like just shittiness that this guy is doing to me, or why is it that uh, people or are are, you know exerting this kind of like terrible attitude, you know, via that anonymity? I mean, there's so much things that that your your brain can go to where it's an opportunity for you to to expand upon who you are as a person. There's something to take from it. I'm not saying it's going to change your life. But, I mean, even the, some of the dumbest, worst shit that's ever come my way, and sometimes I just get good material out of it. Yeah. I just fucking start r- ripping on people, whatever, and it's hilarious. And it, it still served me a purpose. I still got something out of it.
2: And it definitely does broaden your understanding of the possibility of human behavior. Mm-hmm. And you, you learn a lot about, like, wh- why people act the way they act. And here's the big one. Haters, like people who are really douchey, are all failures. It's a hundred percent across mm. the board. No one who is truly brilliant at anything is a hater. They're just not. There might be a few jealous, like sports and athletes. Even if they are a
3: hater. They're not going to go out publicly and right. be a hater.
2: Well, yeah, and but, I mean to be truly excellent at something, you have to be concentrating on yourself and positive shit. Mm-hmm. You can't be worrying about shooting somebody down or chipping somebody down. So, like, you're taking the opinions. Like, if you're one of those guys that gets in battles with haters all the time online. You know, you could do it for fun if you want to, but what you're doing essentially is you're arguing with like some of the biggest failures as a human right. being that exists.
3: Usually the person that's like, I mean, you know what, I'm gonna I'm just gonna drop out of high school, get my GED, and graduate
2: early. That well, person. That's if you're lucky. <laughs> you know, what I mean, but even if they have a job somewhere, it doesn't matter. It's like you're you're socially unsuccessful. Like there was that guy that was uh, he lost his job. What's his name, Brian? You know what I'm talking about—the Reddit guy. He—he he was uh, responsible for like some of the, like the most heinous, fucked up shit on Reddit.com. Like, oh, like, yeah, like underage girls, like you know, in in suggested positions and like the, it some dark shit. And it was, like, really rude online. Well, they found out his name. They went mm-hmm, out and they mm-hmm. got him, and they contacted his employer, and then they got the guy fired. Mm-hmm. And then he was on some television show sort of defending it, saying that this is a character that he plays online and that it gives him freedom. It's, it's, it's too far. It's too fucking far.
3: It's bullshit. Yeah. Like, you know what? I don't care if it's a character. You, when you're just reading a bunch of text, like you, don't, you can't tell who's yeah. a fucking character or not. And, and it's, there's no way to interpret that. When Andy Kaufman goes on stage, and no matter what crazy shit he was doing, he wasn't out there trying to, to really fuck up people's lives. Right. Like maybe you show up at a show and he sings, you know, uh, cartoon theme songs or actually he just lip syncs them the whole time. Okay. You're mad. You, may have, you spent your money to go see it. But he didn't ruin your fucking life. He didn't cause you some sort of, uh, you know, difficulty. He didn't do something that's like, fuck, dude. What the? You know, right. he didn't impact you in such a negative way that it, that it made it. That shooting. you want to kill him. Oh, and there's, yeah. there, there used to be a, a, an MMA forum. The same thing that fight sport film. oh yeah i remember that they would just yeah. everything was just nothing but negativity negativity neg- and just yeah. horrible ass shit there'd be people uh, portraying or maybe for real like uh racist personalities there'd be yeah. people digging up stuff on other and just all of it was just to be nothing but to be horrible to each other and to other fighters and people and i'm like fuck you know why why live your life that way why spend all that energy and truly at the end of the day you haven't gotten anywhere like you you've just been swimming in place you haven't Improved your life? You yeah. haven't gotten any further along, in, in trying to accomplish something for yourself at all. Well, most of them are twelve, you know. Well, you know, the sad. <laughs> sad part is some of those are thirty two, going yeah, on yeah, twelve. Yeah,
2: maybe even fifty. And I mean, uh, this guy who uh, got caught, the Reddit guy, he was a, a you know guy with children. See, why?
3: Why would you? Why spend? Because there's there's clearly clearly there's something lacking in his life. Uh, socially, uh, somehow that he never came to grips with, and he's using this anonymity to to, oh, yeah. to no do doubt. this. And no doubt,
2: it's just they have a voice that didn't exist in the past. In the in the past, they were the person that you know when they would be dealt with socially, like mm-hmm. in a one-on-one situation. If they ever said anything, anything remotely, everybody would be like, "Fuck you, stupid! Look at you, you dumb fat fuck." And they would be shot down, and it would be right. over. But they can lash out at you without any fear of social something. repercussions. You just brought
3: something really that really just went off in my head. All right, Joe. Okay, you're a comedian. Yes, sir. Comedians throw out heinous shit sometimes, you know. But jokes are jokes are jokes, and you fucking you, you you throw as you give out as much as you got. But that the only way that you can throw out as much as you got. You know, in terms of being a comedian and, and pushing boundaries and saying crazy shit sometimes or whatever, is because uh-huh. you're willing to take as much as you get. Right, and that's the difference there. Is like, don't go out there and and say some rude shit. Even if you're trying, even if you're doing the right thing, to go out and stand up and say something that is against somebody's else or some other groups or because even if it's the wrong thing that they're doing, and you need to stand up as some sort of a. Uh, uh, um, avatar against it because it's the wrong fucking thing it's not good mm-hmm. to do that means you have to be willing to accept every negative thing that's going to come with that and be okay with that and Certainly. be like you know to do to go out there and stand up for the right thing something shitty might come my way but this is something that must be done and even if in a social scenario if you're oh i'm gonna everyone's uh, pot shotting each other you know and and, and it's it, it's in fun mm-hmm. but to say something you know, to insult somebody else, even in a fun, in a jest way, you can't do it if you can't fucking take it. Because we've all known those people. Yeah. We're all fucking around. We're saying horrible shit to each other. And somebody chimes in. And, and, and it's, what's funny is there's always a change in tone when that yeah. guy does it from everybody's response to them. Because you can, yeah. it's like you can feel the shit that they're saying and not being able to take it. And the place they're coming from, it's like it it, it could come out their mouth the same, but there's a different energy. And, right. you, and if that's you turn to them and then you're like, Fuck you, you piece of shit. Shut the fuck up. And it changes. It's like it's different between you and me riffing on each right, other. And and all of other a sudden, dude.
2: he's serious, and it was just joking around with everybody else as long as he was involved mm-hmm.
3: in the joking. But we realize – but it's like you re- you can re- you can – you realize that when they throw out – that thing they can't take it either and so yeah. they shouldn't really be participating because they're just isn't isn't in the same vein
2: well that's what the thing about being able to hate on someone especially a public person like a josh barnett type character which is if you're, apparently wonderful to do you're anonymous because if you're just some anonymous person you have no repercussions whatsoever you know so much about you they know what you look like they mm-hmm. know the fights that you've had like right. i was watching uh, some battle on I don't know. It was a Twitter or whatever the fuck it was. I was reading on an MMA site. It was Josh Thompson, was arguing with this guy, oh, and the Christ. guy I was bringing up like I, I, me and my friends, we laughed out loud watching you get KO'd by Eve Edwards. Please fight again, so we can laugh again, and you get knocked out. And I'm, and I'm, I'm like this, this piece of shit. Like that is like the weakest move of as Super a human weak. being to go after what you know hurt a guy. Right. You know what you know is a devastating loss. To go, to go after that when you're just when you haven't anonymous, done anything yourself. completely you, someone hidden. Someone that put it out there. Yeah, and
3: they expose themselves to all the glory and all the the, the dif- all the sadness and difficulty yeah. of defeat. <clears throat> he went and dared yeah. to do it. And you don't dare to do anything besides sit behind an anonymous thing and and really accomplish nothing and try to take shots at somebody who went out there and tried, who went out there and went to excel and put himself in a position where it's precarious and it's difficult and there's no guarantees. And he knew that and he knew that everyone would watch it. And and you also know as a fighter, you go out there and you lose, you're opening yourself up to all of that for people to come out there and use that as a weapon against you because of their shitty uh, personality. Yeah, exactly. And so – to, to do that, it's fucking weak. Of course, don't argue with them because they, no one's paying attention to what the yeah. fuck they have to say anyway. So when you respond,
2: you give them exactly what
3: they're looking for. Oh, they more. feel now
2: they're important. Yeah. And, you know, I, I also think that this is not going to last. I think this is an era in humanity that we're going to figure out. And it's, gonna, I think, it's, it's already been too long. Yeah. And it's going to – I don't know when it's going to end, if it does end. Well, it sort of already has with this Reddit guy. I mean, it's, it's, they can track you down. They can find out who the fuck you are. If somebody is decently motivated – Right. You know, for guys like you or I or Brian, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you, you get a, a certain amount of uh, access to us. You know, you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You, you know, people can write threads on the underground, you're going to read them. You know, there, there's, there's a certain amount of access. And the, the average Well, it should be insulting just, Brian, though. They should be. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. No, this no. Is, come on, leave the little girl. <laughs> the, there's a certain amount of. I mean, you, you're you're gonna you're used to it and you can deal with it. But when it comes on them, when all of a sudden their real name is exposed mm-hmm. and their employer is a, like all of a sudden it's like whoa. They, then they realize like, look, you're you're in a never changing game, okay? And this anonymity that you might have enjoyed two years ago really doesn't exist anymore. And guess what? In a year from now, i to be able to read your thoughts. Okay, so keep it together, bitch. <laughs> keep it together. And, if you keep and, taking all this stuff from
3: OnIt.com, yeah. that might even come sooner. Try to be a better person, you fuckhead. And that's what people don't understand: <clears throat> is people that, aren't trying to be better people, and no, that right. that is what's killing this country as it is. People,
2: you know, the human race. Period.
3: The human race. Period. And yeah. it, but it, it varies from place. And I think here in America we have a, a very specific uh, case, like i was saying that it, it's it's it is. Specific to us as Americans, of the way we use our technology, the way that we are progressing or regressing as individuals. And uh, there's, there's this huge concept of uh, so, so, one thing about people talking shit about folks is that, you know, of course, there's the anonymity, but there's also this prevalent attitude that I can go out there and be as much of an asshole as I want because you're not going to do anything about it. You can't beat me up. You can't just fight me. Like, nobody, right. like, nobody actually thinks that anything will, will happen. But, oh, well, I'll sue you.
2: You should be able sue to sue you. If someone talks shit to you and you're a pro MMA fighter, you should at least be able to bitch slap them.
3: A little should bit. Should be totally legal. Well, and, and my thing you is know? like even if, uh, if if you're being outwardly with it, so many people lack common courtesy anymore. Just the smallest things. And if you do something that is discourteous in a public manner and you upset somebody, well most people just fucking take it. But if someone goes, Hey, fuck you for doing, you know, XYZ, that's not cool, instead of someone being like all right, either A, I'm sorry, you're right, that was fucked up, I shouldn't have done that, and you know, waking up. Uh, or B, being like, well, you know what, fuck you, I'm just an asshole, so let's fight and dealing with it. And then let's say they get their ass beat and then they go about their way. No, 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 it's always like they just keep pushing that barrier, because, that boundary, and crossing that line because they think, you can't do anything about it. You can't just, you know, use freedom of speech. I can be as much of a dickhead as I want as long as I don't do anything to you. And it's okay, fine. And I've, I've had – usually, it is, any I mean, of these things where I've had, where it's happened to me, I've turned to them and I, you know, I tell them, well, like in a movie theater, you know fucking cell phone. And on, on the cell phone, talking on it in the middle of a movie theater, and I just turn around and I go, are you fucking on your phone in the middle of a movie? Are you fucking kidding me? And I look at them and I go, get off that fucking phone right now. I'm going to break it in half and shove it up your ass. And I say that because I, – That's I what someone would say in a movie. Well, there's that. But also, <laughs> yeah, it's very appropriate. It's very
2: Clint style. when
3: I – I, tried, I pride myself on being, if I say some shit like that, after I've said it, there ain't no turning back. And if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to fucking do it. Because otherwise, my word is meaningless.
2: Would you really shove it up their ass? You probably would shove it, it up there. I would break shake it, shake them a little like a bad baby, throw them across the chair. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, I would. If they, gave, if it they would just went limp, though, you would probably just scream and pick them up and shake them. And yeah, if they just cry. went limp, they yeah. just
3: completely fetal position. I'd take that phone, break it, slam it on the phone, tell them what a piece of shit they were, and, yeah. and let it go. But
2: that's your move, but, folks. But, Listen, <laughs> you gotta go limp. Just, <laughs> just go limp, and if you can, start crying. Yeah, just cry. I and, go limp all the time. It's Wah, 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 wah. Wah. Right after I'm done. Oh! Yeah. oh! Happens to everybody. Um, I think uh, this is a very important subject, and I, I, I love that you brought it up, and I think. Um this is uh, um, a um a really important subject for the the young men, especially of this era that are, are growing up now just being force fed video games and not having any character building the where they just
3: leave a kid with the the, 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 the portable <laughs> the portable gaming system and you know what I love games I gamed a yeah. lot when I was a kid. And I loved it. But guess what? When I'm out with my parents or I'm at family functions, when I'm, I'm not sitting yeah. in a corner completely buried into some electronics the whole time being like, fuck that. Like, you can't let your kid do that shit.
2: Yeah. Well, it just definitely <laughs> doesn't teach them it doesn't uh, raise. Good, uh, yeah, good human skills. But uh, the, my, what, what concerns me is a lack of character building things. If you're not involved in some kind of athletics – then, uh, to me, if you're, it's either that or some other difficult intellectual pursuit. But mm-hmm. there's something that has to humble being you. Being need to suffer yes. a bit. Being, exactly. being, being yeah. made to have some, you know... Uh, be able to push. Yeah. To be able to realize that you and will... And fail. Will, and fail and learn from the failures objectively. One of the most important things you could ever learn as a man is how you fucked up and how not to fuck up again. Because you understand the pain of fucking up. And, and one I'll, of the saddest up things. to own to it, too. And one of the saddest things is when you see rich kids... Kids that grow up with no character no and no one ever tells them what to do. understanding failing and fucking up. Yeah, they got to cook all their life. Takes they care don't... Of
3: the... Here's the other one. They don't understand that the reason that they're able to create a business doing this or do that or have all this little successful shit running around them is because they had all the facilities to do it in the first place. They didn't have to strive and struggle and fucking, right.
2: you know, oh, you fuck up? I've got money to cover that fuck up. It's oh. like dummies who are proud to be from America, like they did something. It's one, one thing – be proud to be from america because we have an agreement mm-hmm. that we're america and we're not cunts we all get together and we fucking strive and we try to make the best shit and be proud of that but to make it seem like you're great because you're american when you were just fucking born in a lucky spot like mm-hmm. that's ridiculous that's fucking
3: bullshit it, the, you, you're not your country yeah exactly it's ridiculous. And, and, and you, if you're lucky enough to be born anywhere you're at you should be proud of, of where you're at but part of being pro- Having pride in that is by being a fucking good example of a human being and representing that culture to its fullest that's it
2: not being proud that you 're from a fucking city stupid yeah you know, that's ridiculous be be proud of your own personal control over your character be, and your be,
3: contribution to to your
2: city community. To your community is to you know being a be a fucking involve yourself yeah that's the big problem is um you know. I've said this over and over again, is that the biggest resource in the world is children. Children will become the adults of the future, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the, the the more access to to information and character-building exercises, and the more we can make them great, the better off the future is going to be for everybody. Of course. But that's the most neglected aspect of this world. It's amazing. Exactly. I mean, I mean
3: uh, how many people are just out there popping kids out yeah. that don't have the education or the money to support? I mean, they don't even – to me, I look at it as they don't understand how – difficult and how important
2: raising a child is. There's also a disconnect in what we call culture. Um, there's a disconnect in a society because it, the society started out where everybody had to stick together because you'd go on a hunting parties, right. and the you know you'd be growing food or taking care of babies, and there would be collections, mm-hmm. you know, collection uh, collectives where uh, you know everybody would p- pile in their food. Everybody had to stay alive. Everybody had to do their own job. Everybody knew everybody and counted on everybody. But it got to a point where there wasn't 50 people anymore. Mm-hmm. Now now you have walls. Now there's a thousand. Now there's two thousand. Now you don't even know these fucking people. Right. So that that this disconnect is in place where you, you have all these people that are supposed to be like your comrades and your brothers and sisters, but you don't even fucking know them. You know? right. And then again, that's when you get to a city, and that's when you get to a country, and that's where America is. It's well, this then, weird thing. Now
3: look at the way that technology has influenced our disconnect from each yeah. other. You're buried in your phone every day of every, of every second of every hour of these people. You're not talking to anybody in line. You're not actually conversing with the people that provide the services that, you, that you're supposed to go to in life. You, <clears throat> like the postman, the the person at the supermarket. Like You're not yeah. conversing. You're just like, hey. Swipe card, do whatever, get back,
2: you know. ironically, it's also connecting countries. It is. The internet connects countries and disconnects people. It does. (laughs) And the thing is, is that the internet
3: can be used for so much good, and it can also be a crutch to turn you into a shitty completely you know, non-community based. You think that you're getting the same thing by being on Facebook or Twitter yeah. and all this and that now all of a sudden you're interacting with people. Well, <laughs> you are interacting with people, but that is not the way humanity works. In fact, I was reading a thing about how being a misanthrope, like deliberately not interacting with society on a regular basis can be worse than being an alcoholic for your, for your body and your health. I'm like just simply not interacting with other people
2: yeah it makes sense i mean it's just you're you're dwelling on negative energy and you're not getting any positive warmth from humans which is like one of the most satisfying things a person can get is like love from other people yeah
3: you see somebody write something nice to you online oh that that's cool if if you're having a one-on-one conversation look somebody in the eye and they say you know what i really respect you for uh the person that you are and i I i'm really proud to know you that has a way different effect on some same as like People want to send text messages about important ass shit, yeah like, "Oh, sorry about this, oh, and you my know dog whatever," my or yeah. something, or are uh, like, "Oh, did you hear that uh, so-and-so just died? Like, fuck, give me at least a phone call, yeah. Like a text is not I mean well, it's a cheap way out. It is a cheap way, because you really you are or it's like oh, I want to break up with you with even a
2: phone call or, or do anything oh, like please show Listen, up if in somebody person, wants to break up with you and sends you a text message, you got off light. Okay? I guess so You don't want to talk I've them, gotten you know, a phone call, breakup. oh yeah,
3: that oh, was a, actually before, that one was that was that was that was really fucked up. I'm like, was God, it? Dang, oh man, well it was to me also because I'm like, aren't you weren't, you, weren't we supposed to be like best friends before forever. all this shit? Together forever, Josh Barnett shitty. God can't even look me in the face and be like, "Hey, what's up?" It's over, bitch. Can't fuck me no more. <laughs> this pussy is, is heading that direction, bow, bow, and you bow, stay bow, right
2: bow, there. Gonna
3: bonanza this vagina it's right a, out.
2: Yeah, it's um the the lack of development of uh, of human beings, like where they're tested and where they have to develop character. That's like one of the the big like one of the the the, the most Disappointing aspects of our society and our culture is that we've never figured out a way to cultivate people correctly mm-hmm. that way. Well, like, and it's that a, it we hasn't have been done imper- yet. We can do it. That's just a, that's of course can. we We have plenty of money and plenty of resources to do things it's, like that. And it can just start from the smallest
3: thing in the house with chores to, to yeah. just you know just being stern in your word and, and, t- and leading by example. I mean, the opportunity to give children those things to help develop them, male or female, yeah, exist. Every single day, and they're completely at our fingertips. If we want to choose to participate in taking that kind of responsibility for bringing this child into the world and trying to raise them to be a, a, a awesome human being and a uh, contributing. Important part of society and helping show uh, by example what a good person is. You know, the yeah. drop that starts the ripples.
2: It's super important. Well, it is. And some people, they obviously they take on that task when they're just trying to get some pussy. But and people, then all yeah. of a sudden, they're 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 tr- they're in this situation. and They try to make do and they fuck up and they you know they really don't have their own shit together. But I think a- as a society, well, uh, we got there's a real problem in that we we haven't really uh, addressed. How to um, prop- properly make use of our, our young people. I think. The, it's beautiful to have freedom. It's beautiful to have the ability to choose whatever occupation you want. Mm-hmm. It's be- but I think that like the the steps that you go from being a young man living with your parents to being in college to being independent, they're so obscure. Oh, and massive. It's so like, am I really – am I out here now? OK, now I've got to get an apartment. And what do I do now? Well, you've got to make sure you get a good job with a good – OK, you could do that. How do you get the good job? Yeah, yeah right. Go and to college. You go
3: to college. You spend all – it's
2: like actually – yeah. You know, I mean, there's still
3: this huge myth that you need to go get a four-year degree and that shit. Well, you know, not every four-year degree is actually worth the fucking $50,000 you just put yourself in debt. Like sometimes you're actually doing a disservice to yourself and putting yourself behind. Yeah. I mean, you could be just another college graduate working a fucking shit job that can't, can barely pay off their loans. You got to realize what what is it where is it worth putting that money towards. You know, I, yeah. I tell people all the time that are just sort of, you know, unsettled, whatever, even, you know, parents, oh, our kids, you know, we're thinking about, you know, you know moving them along the next step, they're graduating, they go, send them to fuck, you know, figure out, get a, you know, he probably isn't, he or she isn't going to really know what they want to do yet, likely. But if they have an idea, find the, find the, uh, the university or whatever school that at some point they're going to need to be at, and then find the appropriate junior community college that, that transfers well into that fucking deal. And they do that because you need to get in there, get your shit done. I mean, Books, education, I mean, if if you really want to be true about it, you don't have to go to a college to learn anything. You can fucking read a book. You can teach yourself. And even with, like, the Internet, like you're talking about, there's so much information and knowledge out there that a person can process. Now, of course, having one on – well, you don't ever get that necessarily. But having human interaction to help guide you upon this with their own experience is is invaluable. But – the actual knowledge, the, uh, the, the, the actual process, just gathering knowledge uh-huh. and getting understandings, that, fuck, man. You, can, you could become a lawyer by going Online. to a library. Sure.
2: The actual process of gathering knowledge, for sure, is, uh, you know, it's much easier now than it's ever been before. Mm-hmm. The real problem is that the people don't have good guidelines no. as far as behavior, as far as getting things done, and as far as positive thinking. Yes. One of the things that has been a side effect of this podcast They're completely uh, unintended and uh, we, we never saw it coming, was that all these fucking people are, I meet them after shows, You changed my life, I lost 100 pounds, I drink kale shakes every morning, I work out every day, I started jujitsu, it's like thousands of fucking people, mm-hmm. it's like, and what they say is that, almost to a, to a man, it's like, I never had anybody around me that was talking the right way. Is that it wasn't me. It's not that I didn't have potential. It's not that I have nobody, nobody that motivated me. And then all of a sudden someone did. And now I'm moving. What are you doing? Are you sleeping over there, dude? It's not me. Is that you snoring? No. Are you it's sleeping?
0: It's not me. Is he sleeping? <laughs> no, it's no, no, not no. me. That wasn't you. No. I think he was nodding off. It wasn't you. No, I'm noise? Somebody was breathing into yes. the mic. It wasn't him, dude. It's not me. Oh, my God, he was sleeping. No, I wasn't. Think we caught him sleeping? I swear to God, it wasn't. You'll hear it again. I, sle- I fell asleep at I, I the theater the other day. I bet you, so you, you don't
2: feel But prepared. that
3: sounds really familiar to a lot of women I've called. <sighs> oh,
2: what are you wearing? Is that what you do? Yeah, it's it's my opening They don't mind, tell you so. what you're wearing if you tell like that. If you go, hey, what are you wearing? Crazy bitch. Then they tell you. Hey, dirty whore. What are you no, wearing? Don't say that. Oh, Dirty whore is, yeah. Dude, oh, well, you know, we, we all have our preferences. That's when they get get,
3: get gangster with
2: you. <laughs> Get it, get but themselves. you're right. Uh,
3: you know what? It's just like I said. You you, wanna, you want people to be a certain way. You want to make a difference in
2: the world. Start with yourself, and yeah. it goes from there. Well, and start with yourself. Lead. Give an example that other people can follow, just like the examples that you followed. I mean, everybody is where they are because they learn from someone greater than them. Almost everybody to a person. Learn from somebody when, And I've the described some of the
3: men that have been formative in <clears throat> developing who I am as a man in life. And I, I tell people some of the stories that came to... Uh, you know, to, to having these people in my life, and some and, and some folks, especially a lot of these 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 men nowadays, and that are and I'm not even going to speak about women because women and men are they have totally different mindsets in the way that they develop, and uh, you can they're apples and oranges. But the men will, are you will, saying that men and women are different, dude? Oh my god, a man are from Mars? Um, Where are women? From? I know I'm from Mars.
2: Are they from Uranus? As a,
3: as a uh, <laughs> a warrior you know as the fucking right. god of war and death and blood and fire and all that shit you just need a hug you big <sighs> yeah and a handy but <laughs> uh, let's let start from there uh these these men will look at me that they're way underdeveloped in terms of trying to to, to have that well-rounded understanding of, of of being a man you know having the, all the, the all the facets covered and uh i'll tell them these stories about some of the people that that are ma- major to making me the man I am. And they're like, f- like their eyes get huge as dinner place and they can't believe that they're like, that sounds terrible. That's fucking horrible. That's how I'm like, <clears throat> you know what? It's not actually that bad. All right, you know, and, and I'm wouldn't change any of it because it made me the kind of person that I am today and I like who I am. And, and some of these people were hard as
2: fuck. There's been some people in the past that were hard as fuck. That farmer Burns character who used to hang himself. Oh, yeah, by his own,
3: hang himself from his from, from his neck, neck yeah. and just stand yeah. there. People, People pay listen, they
2: this guy used to drop. He didn't just used to hang himself. He used to drop like uh, I don't know how long. I, mean, I don't he, know how many feet. But it was. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't just. Let me put this around. Okay, I'm ready. Go. No, he would drop and catch himself with his fucking neck. His neck was his so giant. Strong. Neck.
3: These guys used to wrestle uh, back in the day doing all the catches, catch can stuff, and yeah. or just any type of wrestling. They'd have nice, wonderful, spongy mats. And if oh. you did have any sort of mat substance that you could use, uh, it was probably some place that was quite affluent. So you know what they're wrestling on. Ground, grass, hey. rug, carpet type shit. You know, I mean, that's the snake pit in, in, in England. They used to wrestle on a carpet, throwing each other Jesus over woods.
2: Jesus Christ. Was the snake it. pit? What, was that a famous catch? Pro- yes, for for folks that really- understand, there's a there's a couple different uh, schools of uh, submission style uh, grappling, and one of the earliest ones in in America they called catch wrestling or Catch as catch can, and um, it was there was real professional wrestling at one point in time, right? It, yeah. Unlike theatrical professional wrestling, which is like entertainment, mm-hmm. they, they used to they used go to go f- at it, legit. and you could pin a guy or you could, could submit them. him. Yeah. it could be it could be either one. Well, and, and there's all- a lot of gangster fucking mm-hmm. holes that I learned from um, uh, Silvio Pimenta, who's Mm -hmm. a black belt under Gene LaBelle. Oh, yeah. And Gene LaBelle loves all that shit. Right. So Silvio, uh, he was always like picking all these crazy neck cranks and all all these different things that like, I'm like, why aren't these in jujitsu? Because they, but they are. Some guys use them. Sure. Did you see Damian Maya's victory over Rick Story? uh no i didn't he he submitted him in the first round but he got his back he couldn't get a rear naked in so he turned it into a neck crank and oh was, sure face locked the shit oh, out of him yeah them, huh? yeah oh well, it was a terrible well. angle like it was like <clears throat> it was oh absolutely those, like instant tap ones like your head's gonna fly off
3: sure enough i mean yeah. they wrestling is wrestling man yep. and and there's it's all over the world and people are <clears throat> styles have developed you know jujitsu is the way it is for the most part because of the rules of the sport of jujitsu because you know often sport will predicate How your training will be developed because you want to be the best within this confinement. Uh, But that doesn't that's not to say you can't expand upon anything with the human body. If you want to be a dynamic, be as dynamic as you want to. You know, The, the JKD Bruce Lee philosophy, eat the meat and spit out the bone. I mean, there's no reason anybody can't do that for themselves.
2: But, Look, uh, these... I love you know what's his name um, Shannon uh, who's the dude who's oh got... he, Jake Shannon Jake Shannon Jake Shannon is uh, a great historian when it comes he's to catch a wrestling he's just awesome
3: dude all around man very and good when dude. it comes to uh, you know even political stuff and cultural stuff and, and he's a brilliant dude and uh, the shit that he puts out there in the world as a whole not just the catch stuff is amazing shit
2: yeah I agree he's a really good dude but and a great he, historian but he really loves like the history of catch wrestling and because of him and he's put out books and DVDs and shit but some of the photos that he's found mm-hmm. it's amazing like the techniques that they had that they were using like triangles they were using they're, they're using half guard they were mm-hmm. using the lockdown from half guard sure they were sweeping guys with these positions they were using all these different guillotines arm in guillotines want to know the first time i saw the lockdown
3: siyoshi kosaka was doing it to us in an amc Back in the day, and he used it as the submission version. Oh. So you get lined up on a half guard, you throw the lockdown on, and you would extend, and you basically you're putting like a calf crank on yeah. somebody. And so that's how I first. And this is back in like 2001. If you 2000? get caught sideways on it, it's like a heel hook. Yeah. Too. So I'd... so that's how I learned it as like a like a tricky little submission. And uh-huh. Kosaka was full of them, you know, TK. Yeah. And yeah. so that's what I first found out about lockdown. And then. um, <clears throat> And then I saw Eddie, you know, he came across it and he used it as a, as a positional tool to keep him for, – for using uh, his bottom game in terms of his reverse, his reversals and, and setting up, you know, isolating that leg to use it later into different applications. But it just goes to show you, you can do fucking things a million ways. And then I remember Billy Robinson who is from the snake pit uh, in England where that whole term like those uh, – he's uh, – Billy Robinson uh, is a uh, – he's from Wigan. And in Wigan, that's where they came up with the term catch-as-catch-can. Get it any way you can. And uh, Billy, uh, which I also refer to my love life, Uh, then uh, they had uh, the Snake Pit over there. And Billy Riley started this place. And just only the toughest of the tough, these fucking coal miners, these these gnarly dudes. Wrestling on hardwood. Well, here's another sport they used to do over there called purring. What? And what they would do is they would. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't involve kitty cats, unfortunately. <laughs> what it involves is them putting on. They have these boots with studs on them on the bottom. Oh, jeez. And they would kick each other in the shin.
2: Oh, get the fuck out but of here! But not
3: just like freeform, but back and forth. I go, you go. Until with somebody spikes? quits. Spikes?
2: Yes. How big are the spikes?
3: Fuck, I don't know. Too big, obviously. It's always too big. Is this like, is there any photos of this shit? I believe so. Go ahead and look it up. Oh, my God.
2: But P- uh, purring. Purring? purring. P-
3: like P U R R? P U R R I N G, I believe. Purring,
2: yeah. violence, <laughs> like, kicking, <laughs> kicking shins.
3: Uh, England. Uh, so, anyway. What the anyways, fuck was
2: wrong with England? Was it, God, there's no I pussy g- over there? I guess is so. I mean, they, they just do?
3: exhausted that opportunity. And, uh, you know, snorting too much coal, I guess, makes you want to kick each other in the shins. It's but.
2: weird how it's so light today
3: it, sure enough yeah uh but uh uh i got you know, the only time i remember being in a town with the ufc uh we're over in england and the only time i remember where, pe- where the fighters were out trying to go grab shit to eat and do whatever and people are constantly like hey fuck you mate huh you want to fucking go I'm like whoa dude are you kidding me is this london yes just over nothing yeah wow i, I think you're looking at me funny
2: i'll fucking knock you out Right? Well, some dudes. Fucking proper. Certainly go out looking for that shit, right? Sure enough,
3: but I just remember people coming back to the hotel over and over again and being like,
2: Jesus Christ, man. Fucking. (laughs) Everyone's trying, like, hard as shit, trying to fight everyone. Was this the uh, Tito Ortiz Lee Murray days? Oh, yes. So this was actually before MMA had really made its way to England. Oh, yeah. isn 't that
3: interesting they didn 't really give a
2: shit like who any of these you know American
3: blokes would just want to fight them but isn 't uh, that
2: funny it was it before <clears throat> MMA came there because now that mma 's there, the attitude is kind of different probably it's not, yeah i 'm sure i'm anymore. sure
3: there's still plenty of Brits that 'll just you know want to slug you up but uh, so so these guys you know these, these catch wrestlers you know they 're going out there and and so Billy Robinson, who trained at the snake pit he 's a catch wrestler and an amateur wrestler and I remember uh, he's doing a little seminar out in Santa Monica, and he's showing this drop-down, sort of this, this leg hook, single leg, and it turn, you know, you drop to a hip, and then you come back up. And I'm like, just so you know, Billy, right now there's this jiu-jitsu guy called Marcelo Garcia, and that's like his number one entry into everything he fucking does right now.
2: Isn't that crazy? Even
3: though you've never trained jiu-jitsu, you've never seen Marcelo, and trust me, Billy Robinson had never seen or heard of Marcelo Garcia it's just moves.
2: Yeah, well, but Marcelo's technique was fairly basic. It's just that he had hit it so well, like the arm drag to the back was mm-hmm. pretty, pretty standard. Sure. But the way he did it was so. Is this it? Is this purring? Yeah, is oh my there's god! Not many very good photos. Of is this them. real? These motherfuckers still do this shit. I don't see any spikes. Did they give up on the spikes? Oh no, they have spikes around their ankles. <laughs> You see what I'm talking about? Jesus, fuck! When
3: there's not enough vagina Christ. around, you start doing really stupid shit. Yeah, trust me, I grew up in Boston.
2: <laughs> I know what's up. So, oh, uh, oh, there we go. <laughs> so, uh, this guy grew up doing that as well. When they weren't doing, well, catch I don't, I don't
3: think Billy Robinson was doing any purring. I think he was smarter than that. But Good. Uh, Jesus Christ! But it's just the, the fact that you know moves are moves, and you know he's showing something. From one, you know, angle and it's like, by the way, you know, there's a guy
2: doing that right now and he's winning world titles. I think it was really interesting uh, when British uh, shin
3: kicking championships. Oh,
2: Jesus Christ. This is they this is pussy shit. They're putting uh, hay. They're packing their shins with hay. This is fake. Take these frauds. Look at these these frauds. Take these frauds away. Um, it was really interesting in MMA when uh, Sakuraba came along mm-hmm. because there was this one style of submissions that everybody was sort of gravitating towards, or a lot of people were gravitating towards, which is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Mm-hmm. And then there's this Japanese dude who had this really kind of funky, different sort of style, did like similar techniques, but kind of had his own little flair to it. And it turned out he had actually been trained in catch wrestling. That he was a. Uh... Robinson. Yeah. That's a, an amazing story. The Sakuraba. For people who weren't like really fans of uh, MMA, they're never going to appreciate how what a bad motherfucker Kazushi Sakuraba well, here, let was. Let me tell
3: you some Sakuraba shit about you know. I know how badass he is. You know how badass he is. A lot. There are plenty of uh, of serious MMA fans that know how how legit Sakuraba was and how much of a uh, of a of like a, just a. Character. Like a like a sprung fucking cat on the ground, like just able to, to, to bound into to any positioning and get his stuff, you know. Uh back in the day when he was going through the system at at, at the UWF, uh, doing the shoot style pro wrestling stuff where they would sometimes mix and shoots and works, you know, on the same deal. And a uh, shoot for folks who don't know what it means fuck a, a legit about, a fight, real fight, like full on fight. But these were all under pro a work wrestling is a rules, predetermined. Pack. Right, and these are all under professional wrestling rules. They had this lost point thing with the rope escapes and getting suplexed and knocked down and whatever. But uh, you know, back in the day, not only did uh, Takata used to beat him up because Takada used to be a legit like fucking. Uh, he had a hellacious kick. He was a good athlete and he could fight. But Tamara used to abuse the shit out of Sakuraba all the time. There was a few times where they'd go they'd in the ring in professional wrestling they would go legit and fucking Tamara would own
2: him. Like Tamara was the man. So what happened? How did Sakuraba? Well he he
3: graduated, man.
2: He grew up, he got got better, better. yeah, of course. That Conan fight, the first UFC in Japan. Yeah, when uh, he fought Conan Silvera and they uh, they stopped they it prematurely. Stopped it. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? And so
3: they started to back up again later
2: on. The, later night, on, on the night. Later on the night, they him. fight again. It was yeah. craziness. It was like, boy, just the emotional roller coaster they must have been under. And he
3: didn't just beat him. He went out and yeah.
2: tapped him, he tapped Conan Silvera, which had never been done before. No one had seen a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt get tapped yet. Right. It was like the new thing. It's like maybe maybe someone had. I think maybe um, John Lewis and uh, Andre Pedneris. I think maybe Pedneris had tapped John Lewis. Did he tap him? Did he catch well, him in the arm or was P- it Ruminasato?
3: Penares- Ruminasato? no, he didn't tap me, soccer kicked him. Oh, did he? When, really? when Sato was on his back, I'm and, and, and like, Penanaris like slapped like his right leg, and came around with his left, and soccer kicked him while Sato was in open guard.
2: Well, so was uh, well, who was the first that Brazilian black belt to get tapped? Because I remember uh, it, it might have been Conan. It might have been It was Conan. like it was, like it a was the most high-profile one. Yeah. that's for sure. Well, then uh, was that that was before Maurice fought Conan? No, after after yeah, Maurice had already knocked yeah. Conan out. But
3: you know, a kickboxer knocking somebody out—that's. Yeah. You know, kind of a given, but the idea of a jiu jitsu guy losing, especially to a non-jiu jitsu Mm -hmm. fighter. Yeah, yeah. You know, they didn't know what to think about it. And I used to get that all the time at at AMC, and people would be like: "Uh, Jiu jitsu folks, what's your belt? Uh, I don't have a belt. Oh, oh, what do you do for grappling? And I'm like, well, you know, we train here, we do catch wrestling, we do that. Oh, okay, okay. And then we'd roll on and fucking annihilate them, and they'd get so pissed and upset. Well, there's a lot of phony baloney catch wrestling dudes, unfortunately. There there are, but, you know, that's a wonderful aspect of humanity. If you've got the ability to to bring truth into the world and and be honest about shit, and, you know, with all the faults and, and also great things about it. Most human beings' instinct is to go out there and just lie the fuck out of it and just make excuses, change shit around because you know it's not good enough to just to have things exist and have it be true. No, we have to go ahead and I mean, especially shit like religion, politics. It's just oh, let's make a book and call it the the Word of God. So therefore, right. you can't fucking argue against it. Can't. Anything that happens, you say, well, but how it? Word of God. word of God. Can't, of can't God. argue
2: with God, bitch. Man.
3: And then, uh, but essentially, have a book that's compiled of other books and you decided to leave other random shit out just because and then you know it's gone through the hands of all these other people and all their other agendas how did you get here from
2: jujitsu it's uh,
3: it's because the basic idea of it was uh (laughs) human beings all throughout civilization are full of shit when they lying lying Lying, uh, you know
2: obscuring the truth there's a lot of guys that uh don't have belts that are like like super high level like Matt Hughes, uh, Chris Lytle, Chris Lytle's the one. Everybody always said Chris Lytle was a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black sure. belt, but apparently, like that was like even given it to us in press sheets. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt, Chris Lytle. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he doesn't have any belt. You know, probably
3: or, not. No, he uh, trained with those. Uh, yeah. Speaking of a bunch of catch wrestlers, that Integrated Fighting Academy. Wait, where was that? Uh, that was out fighting? in
2: Indianapolis. <clears throat> that uh, was Jason Godsey's place. Yeah, you're so, you're so, such an interesting <clears throat> case, dude, because you were there like during the dark days. You, like you were there like. Like you were there when there was no regulation. You were there when you were allowed to wear shoes, mm-hmm. you know, like soccer was, kick and yeah, stomp and headbutt. Yeah. And that you're still here when it's on Fox.
3: The, the difference is, is that, you know, as a, I've developed as an athlete over the years, but the biggest thing is I developed my skills. Right. So I'm not, most of these fighters, and, you know, I'll, I'll say this and I'll say it publicly. They have, most of these fighters that go through the system, let's say they get good enough. They get, let's say they get in the UFC. And we'll just use the UFC as the, as, the, as the standard example. Excuse me. So what they do is uh, they get to a certain point and they get to enough uh, skill-wise and then they just improve their athleticism to such a degree. They'll, they'll get into the UFC, let's say, and let's say they're successful. Okay? They, they probably have about a two- to three-year window if they're good enough to be like a, to, to get a title or be a title contender if they're that good they got about two or three years at which they could potentially get a title or fight for a title. And after that, then, they're never, then, then it declines. And then they might still be successful enough to be still a viable uh, fighter in the UFC. But even that lasts about, as, about only as about as much as five years. And after that, throw them out because they're done. Their, their athleticism has dropped enough that they don't have the skills to back it up anymore. Most of these fighters just out-athlete the other fighter for the most part. And uh, they even did a big statistic about fight careers. And um, once you get to seven years, the drop-off for success is astronomical. And the idea of people going 10 years or 15 years like myself, unreal. Like it's almost
2: unheard of. And uh, Well, not not, not only that, but you you go from age 20 to age 35. 19 to 35. Yeah, 19 was my first fight against a pro. And at 35, you're still – Amongst the the top heavyweights in the world, I could beat any of those motherfuckers out there walking the earth right now. If you had to, would you? I mean, if you had to retire for any reason, would you start coaching? Because I think you would have a lot to offer. I think you're you have um, just the fact that you've gotten through 15 years at, at a, a very high level. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, from your your time and pride to today, I mean, that's a it's a lot of goddamn competition against very high level guys. You, you have a lot of shit that you could teach kids that could cut out. Like, Do you see like a lot of people that are being coached, and they're being coached by people that don't have nearly the kind of experience that you have, and you see some mistakes they're making with young talent? Sure,
3: I do. I, I see a lot of mistakes in, in terms of coaching. It's not just <clears throat> even about technique necessarily. A lot of it is they, they create a system, and they think that everybody has to fit within that system, and that there is no, there's no wavering from that system. And The thing is, not any, everybody is different. Everybody's an individual, and everybody needs to be coached differently. I've had uh, – and I have coached through the years, and I've I've coached people to world championship fights. I've coached people to world titles. I've had uh, – I think I've got more women at one time ranked in the top ten, and some uh, – most of them ranked in the top five of the world in their respective weight classes than any other coach in MMA. Fuji was Magumi one of your- Fuji, Janelle Marquez, Shayna Baszler, we're going to Hitomi Akano, uh Let's see. Uh,
2: so, are I, you are you want you? Is that what you want to do when you stop fighting? No, no, <laughs> really. Because I was thinking that you didn't. No, that's why I, I, I don't. was saying like that would be a, a real shame. Because there's not a lot of guys who uh, are fighters, but have also like taken the time to really sort of intellectually sure, break down sure. the properties of creating a fighter. I don't
3: want to be a coach like that. I just don't because if, if I'm going to be a coach, think of it more as like an old school boxing coach. Or maybe one of these old catch coaches where you only really, okay, someone proves to you enough that they're worth giving that kind of time and information. I don't just look at it as, oh, I'm just going to show you some move. By the way, this move came from this coach, came from that coach. came Do you know how many hundreds of years of development came behind this? Do you know how... Difficult it was for someone, the original person down the line, to get this thing to me. The shit that they had to go through and the, to live their life and to have and to harness these techniques and give them to to me. These, these things are precious.
2: I understand that, <clears throat> but when I see a guy like you and I see you know you at thirty five years of age, I mean. Totally respectfully and honestly, I mean, what do you got? Five years left? Ten years left? If you're I crazy till, Randy till, Couture style? Tell I'm done. You never know. You know what I mean? With today, with nutrition and training methods, who knows? And with skill. But when if a guy like you got a hold of a John Jones type character you could take a motherfucker to the next level. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, if you if you really started, like, approaching well, young fighters... Okay, let's fighters, take someone other than
3: a... Okay, John Jones is an, an anomaly. He's just... Oh, yeah. He's a know, ba- bad motherfucker. He, but he, anybody could make him good.
2: Yes and no. Yes and without a doubt, Mike Winklejohn has done some amazing things with um, that yeah, I don't game. doubt it. Yeah. He's, he's, without a doubt, he's brilliant. Without a doubt, John is a prodigy. John is a... He's a very intense powerful human being mm-hmm. john jones besides his physicality which he's obviously very gifted his mind is very powerful and i think he would be great he would figure it out watching other people no matter who was coaching him. he he's the kind but, of guy
3: that's going to excel no matter what
2: but, but having a guy like winklejohn who's a, a brilliant striking coach really made really a big difference made for him. a big but, but talk difference. about taking somebody that
3: doesn't you know taking that middle of the pack guy and that one and developing them into
2: a world champion well, that, you're not always going to get that.
3: You no, never, but, it, I mean, I mean, but it depends. I mean, and that's what I'm saying is I'm not – You the pack going, guys.
2: It's a, there's a lot going on there, right? <clears throat> there
3: is, and I'm not talking necessarily about who I would coach to just be like the ones that just shine as – no. I, I want to mm-hmm. coach – I would coach a person that I feel personality, integrity, character, mentality, as well as physicality
2: all matches what I think is worth investing the time into. So you would do that, but they would have to be like special people who came up to you up on the mountaintop when you're alone fucking chopping wood and then you make them like paint right, fences exactly, and shit
3: you know, right you know i wax on carve, wax carve in some
2: runes into their body so you're gonna do it like Rico Capparelli style uh, still work? Like he still he works with Mac Danzig he yeah. still works with a few people but he's not well, Rico's the man I, yeah. I that's one of those guys I have
3: a shit ton of respect for I do and, as well and I yeah. think Rico is um, oft un. you know he's so unknown to, to so many of these guys out there that claim to be MMA aficionados they just don't they don't know their ass from a hole in the wall they really don't know and there's people out there like rico whose wrestling is fantastic whose mind to fighting is great who whose attitude is all right you know you want to get in there with this and this is what you want to do i can i can help you with that and i can show you if you're gonna fucking slack off fuck around whatever you think you know better than all right then fuck you then take off i don't need you
2: and he smokes weed all day air day bitches air air day and he will choke you all day he will fuck your shit up and i i really respect mac danzig a lot I, I like mac as a human being i think he's really he's just he's just, just a solid dude i love that guy <laughs> i know he's grumpy but he's just because he's smart as fuck he's, he's always cool to me. dummies he's, he's always super cool, always to, me. Super like cool to me too he just has a low tolerance for dummies i so do i i but, really do. I, and you do I can't stand fucking idiots but man. mac speaks so highly of rico you know and what rico's he's done amazing, to help him as yeah. he should yeah but i just as a coach there's there's so much
3: investment that goes into that yeah And that it's not something I'm I'm not saying I won't coach uh, and the availability is there uh, and the possibility is there. But I just I got a lot of shit, you know, not when I'm done with fighting uh, whenever that day comes, which is going to suck in its own right. But uh, I I got other shit I can do with my life. Other things I'm trying to accomplish, you know, I mean, uh, male model. Well, a little
2: underwear modeling, perhaps a little
3: bit, a little bit. A little bit. I mean, we got to do a lot of padding, but I think we can make the most of it. I mean, prosthetics are pretty impressive don't, nowadays. Don't go prosthetic.
2: Just a uh, little dick but a big smile. Fuck oh, it. man. Fuck it. A little, little chubba, a little turdler. Let it, let it swing. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? You're Josh Barnett. Uh, You'll still suck it. But, uh, It'll be easier. Yeah, Very it's just gagging. so much. Just, yep, no. You ever watch a porn when a guy's got a little dick and this girl's like licking his balls? She's already in there. She's you so happy
3: about it. It's like an easy, it's an easy guy, deal,
2: man. It's just it's uh, it's more like convenience. Yeah, the guy with a little dick, like maybe there's a benefit to that. Like, sure enough, she's deep throating him, and it's, you know it's not that impressive, but it looks like he's having a good time. And and she's like, this is this is not straining or stressing me. One if dudes with giant cocks feel more pleasure because there's more to pleasure.
3: Just more skin, more. Yeah, nerves? it's
2: like more more skin is getting because like if, if a girl's giving you a blowjob and she goes in deeper, it feels better than if she's shallow. Right, well, so, definitely some of that's
3: mental. Come on, seeing it? a chick being, feeling it hit the back and she keep going. Someone's going. You're like,
2: nothing. oh wow. 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 wow, wow, It's just the idea of it alone. Someone's willing to suck on your dick, like really? That's I'm I'm half masked right now. I'm I'm
0: ready. Have you had the girl like where you go so far and they start like puking like the stomach acid all over your, your mouth like they did do in the porn movies? Like, uh
2: you you're dating the wrong girls. How many times do I have to sure
0: <laughs> They gotta relax the esophagus dude. Don't be Come getting on.
2: these girls to throw up on your dick. Yeah. That's if, like bile and stuff. That's, I know, but
3: stomach acid. it feels good actually. It's oh, like that, a slimy. Oh, yeah. it's Plus, awesome.
2: What if they don't uh <laughs> if those girls don't they don't watch their diet and they're probably like all yeah. anorexic and all shit? All kinds of like it's just Weird cat food all over it. (laughs) (laughs) The fuck are you talking about
0: cat food? Uh, Maybe
3: I date different girls than you do. (laughs) But uh,
0: everybody does.
3: Uh, I don't hate. Who hates cats? Yeah. I said he
0: dates cats. Oh, I date cats. Yeah, cat okay. food. They're
3: so finicky. Did it again, um, Brian. Um, you took it to a bad place. Where uh, Where were we going with this before um, we got on to blowjobs and, and small dicks? I don't know. Terrible places. <laughs> yeah. But
2: one of the things you wanted to talk about when uh, you know mm-hmm. you uh, contacted me about coming on the podcast is uh, all this craziness that's going on with all these uh, school shootings. Yeah. And uh, not just school shootings. There was the uh, the Oregon shooting. I guess that one was in a mall. Yeah. And, uh, and all this shit yeah well the interesting thing about the mall one that's coming out now is that um, he was confronted by uh, an armed civilian and that's when he shot himself and uh, that's not something that's being uh, talked about very much. Um, why would they? That doesn't yeah.
3: work with the agenda at hand of why. And, you know, that's that's part of a problem, right? A huge problem is that we've got media that wants to just create knee-jerk reactions and emotional responses. They don't care about trying to deliver a whole unbiased story. They, they've each got an agenda to try and put a rift in the populace at general, at large. And that's, that's fucking irresponsible and it's terrible. I was listening to uh something had come on about uh it was either MSNBC or CNN and after the the horrible Sandy Hook tragedy uh one of the teachers' boyfriends of a year they found him and started gave did a full interview I on him. I'm just going why? crazy why are, I don't want to this is completely one it's just giving more prudent, prudent uh credence to hey you want to do something crazy and be fucking famous forever here's more publicity for you. Yeah. It's like, you, you didn't have anything else fucking better to do than talk to a guy. Oh, I,
2: I knew her for a year. And it's like, you were some guy, some gal, boyfriend for a year. The guy wasn't even crying. Like, he didn't even miss her. It was like, it was no big deal. And I, he may, was on may, CNN. May,
3: maybe he really did fucking, you know, he was super torn up about it, whatever. But it, it doesn't fucking matter because why are you on TV? Why is the news finding that to be important to talk about? Why shouldn't we be talking about something more important? Like, why is our culture devolving in such a way that people are acting in such manner, whether they're shooting people or fucking stabbing them or robbing them or carjacking them and taking them back to a place and raping and torturing them. Like, what the fuck is going on? Why? Why is humanity at large doing this kind of shit? And then the other thing, so another channel, I'm sitting here and I just hear it coming in the ears. And I hear they're talking about how some Republican is, you know, he keeps – he throws out the word assault weapon like 17 times uh, every every fucking statement he's got to make. He's really trying to pin – you know, pound something home with his lingo. And then <clears throat> there's uh, – the reporter goes on after, you know, talking about this guy who's going to, you know, probably working towards creating bills about this shit, which will probably be back-ended with all kinds of shit that have nothing to do with it. Um, which they always do always you know it's just fucking absolute tantamount lying it's absolute fucking lying irresponsible and it should be absolutely unallowed so so after that the, this this reporter goes on about uh, you know something about you know people going to makes a offhand comment about people going to gun shows and just not you know just willy-nilly buying firearms and and that just i like I just couldn't fucking take it anymore didn't
2: Bruno troop prove that that's true <laughs> Didn't he go to a gun store as a gay character? Didn't uh? I don't know. I, don't I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> I mean, but here's the deal.
3: I guess it wasn't in Bruno. It was on the show. I, the show. Uh, I and you know who knows what they're doing on shows. But, but,
2: but no, no, the people you can buy, People have sold potentially. Guns I could see in it in a
3: fucking shady people way. People are at gun fucked shows. up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But people will sell guns yeah. not at gun shows. They could sell them other way. I mean, fuck. So here's the deal. I am a lifelong hobbyist when it comes to firearms. I, it, was a, it was something I inherited from my dad, who's a big time hobbyist. And when I say hobbyist, I reload, meaning I make my own ammunition. Like I buy bullets of different weights and shapes and sizes. I buy uh, different types of powders. To, that have to burn at different rates, and you know all this shit is very exacting. I buy brass and primers, and I match all this shit up based on recipes through uh, the the ammunition manufacturers that, that 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 sell this stuff through my dad's own research on certain you know. And and the thing is, every firearm that you're doing this for is entirely different. You could have three 1911 45s. All the same barrel length, all the same manufacturer, but they're not all going to shoot the same. Not exact, and, and one load is going to shoot different than the other. Other some bullet weights, uh, depending on barrel length and you know amount of rifling twist. You're a gun nut. I'm a gun nut. Okay, and uh, you know I grew up not only with that that my dad inherited from from people in his life, uh, the hobby of of target shooting and and you know gunsmithing and creating and just being a a, just a nerd about guns like like i'm a nerd about cars uh but he was a a hunter and when when uh and he was growing up that's what you did he grew up in the fucking woods of of uh, southwestern washington uh he was a logger from as early as he could he worked in paper mills he's been in the forest all his whole fucking life almost and so hunting fishing game all that kind of stuff and uh you know i've been out there in the woods with him since i was a kid going hunting and and catching you know getting animals cleaning them dressing them going through the whole process and i can tell you one thing fucking being a hunter and being somebody that had spent so much time in in the wilderness and and on the and on the ocean and boats fishing and all this made me appreciate nature like a gazillion times more than i think anybody that doesn't necessarily i think nature is something that is is overlooked huge and i don't think we as humans sometimes really understand the the vastness and the impressiveness of of mother earth a, as a general and you know being out there in the mountains and seeing the animals you know not even when you're hunting them just being involved in this whole process and just knowing them and then taking an animal and going through that whole process of of all the care and responsibility that comes to to do this correctly and then serve this meat to other people and when when my family didn't have money when they are broke as fuck the 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 animals that my dad had caught helped feed that family that my, my you know they're they're all broke living in this little apartment in, in north seattle and you know hunting season they go out there with their tags and they'd get their, their 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 elk or they'd get their deer they would they would catch fish they would it, grouse all the, you know fuck that all went onto the table yeah you know, and that was a big part of that that growing up for me and so I've had gun responsibility, I've been shooting since I was a kid, and being a responsible parent is why uh from the get like one guns were always locked up, they're always in safes. I don't know how to get in these fucking things. I'm not allowed access to this shit as a child or even as an eighteen year old like that ain't happening like I didn't know the the combination to my dad's gun safe until I was almost 30 years old. You know what I mean? And other than that, I mean, if there was the possibility, let's say, and I didn't know because this was never spoken about, if there was even the potential that there was a firearm, let's say, for home defense that was somewhere, let's say, in my parents' room that I didn't know about, through the fear of fucking God, I wouldn't step in there. My dad had me so afraid of fucking with his shit or anything in their room. As a responsible parent, that never happened. I knew fucking way better. And the idea, if I had ever... If he had ever found out, if I would ever laid hands on a gun... He wasn't around. All right. Well,
2: what you're describing sounds like an ideal situation to grow up and raise someone in an environment where you teach them firearm safety and respect for firearms and appreciation for firearms. Absolutely. The real debate is not that though. The real debate is the fact that if the guns are out there, it's not just you and your responsible parents that are going to have these guns. It's this crazy motherfucker in Connecticut and his nutty mother that he killed, and then took her guns and shot up all those poor kids.
3: Absolutely. That's
2: the where the real issue uh, comes in. It's like, well, how do you stop? that from happening
3: exactly and and i uh and through through all this and uh uh time spent you know actually having firearms as a hobby i uh you know i ended up working in in the industry of uh, selling firearms and buying them uh through a through a shop in uh in washington and uh i can tell you like everything that went through that shop everything that was ever done all had to go through the federal program the 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 instant criminal, uh, national instant criminal background check system, the NICS. And I, I had to call in every fucking thing, every single time. And this whole thing was in, system, in, in, in the system for a reason. And uh, I can't say that it's perfect because I know it ain't. It's our, it's our federal government, you know. There's no way that it's perfect. In fact, you know, reading the information on NICS, you know, they like to claim that uh, over, you know, since uh, being put in in '93, there's uh, over 100 million checks in the last decade, leading to more than 700 thousand denials of firearms to in the hands of people that it shouldn't be. But the problem is that you look at some of this stuff and, and you, what the things that they might deny you for sometimes. Uh, there's the, the simple issue of I'm a concealed weapons owner or a permit holder in Washington, which means I already had to go through fingerprinting. I had to fill out all this paperwork. I had to go through a process and get approved to get my concealed weapons permit. And uh, when I, that meant when I went to a gun store, even the one I worked at, Uh, If I want to purchase a handgun, which normally has a waiting period, because I'm a concealed weapons permit holder and I've already gone through all these extra checks, I fill out all the paperwork like everyone else that all gets filed with the serial number of the gun and what I'm purchasing and so on and so forth, and uh, and I still go through the next check just like everybody else. But because there was somebody in um, California who had a similar name to mine, every time I would call in with my Social Security number, with my concealed weapons license number, like all this different information and data, for at least three years, I was always put on a hold with every firearm I bought, and even if that included a rifle, which is normally a same-day thing after NICS, all every single time because they would always see that there's some stuff that would Josh pop Barnett. up, and they would always. And the the thing about it is the fact that there's a hold put on that could last anywhere from you know three hours, they might call back, or you know three days. It wasn't having a hold that was that ever bothered me whatsoever it's like okay whatever it's just that there isn't like why isn't this not being updated like you're being given very specific information about me as a person so i want my you know if i'm going to have this database it's going to be used to try and you know be uh responsible about having firearms not in the hands of people that it shouldn't be why are you not updating this enough to know that I'm not that fucking guy? And eventually, three years, two or three years later down the road, it came about. And now that's not the case anymore for me. As far as I know, I haven't bought a uh, purchased a firearm in a long time. But uh, And then when it came to going to gun shows, which I've been a member of. I've been going to gun shows since I was a kid because my dad would go there and my uncle. And you know. And then even especially when I worked for the gun shop, I would go there and help out at shows. Maybe mm-hmm. if we had a table, uh, different stuff. You go to a gun show, and even as a concealed weapons license holder, I mean, anybody that comes to the gun show, you pay your admission, boom, you can come in. If you want to purchase a firearm, and this goes for the Washington Arms Collector Association, who runs all the gun shows in Washington, you have to go and do another line and fill out and have all your paperwork ran. Is that
2: the same in every state?
3: I'm not sure. Now, I cannot speak for every state, but I know that me growing up as a working and being a part of the, the Washington Arms Collector Association and, and all that and going to their gun shows, mm-hmm. uh, you have to go get NICS checked.
2: Well, that's all well and good, man. But and, and, how do you stop? I mean, this kid who uh, did this in Connecticut. I mean, he violated a, a bunch. He a bunch right, of so fucking he, he already felonies started just leaving, off, the, leaving the house. He started off
3: by murdering his mom.
2: Yeah, that's already fucked. That's up. not
3: good. No, it's not good. And why does a guy murder their their parents in the first place? That's the problem. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that, you know, he he went and he chose to use the tool of firearms to go off. And do whatever that that he decided to do. And I still can't figure out why the fuck in the first place did he go to a school and shoot children of all things. Like I don't understand that that rationale. Like what did it accomplish? What was his statement? What was he trying to prove? I don't know. There's Not to mention there's even stuff floating about on the internet where the dads of not only this uh, – the Sandy Hook killer and the killer from the Batman movie uh, shooting both – somehow have something to do with uh banking and financial stuff that I think that's I,
2: actually been disproven.
3: Well, no, they're not actually going to go to the Libor uh scandal as as they were they're trying to say that they're both going to be at the Libor hearing, but they're not. But yet mm-hmm. the Batman shooter's dad is apparently some uh statistical analysis whatever kind of guy that what he does he creates these algorithms. That are used in banking to, to, to decipher all this shit and figure all this shit out. And what it is, is that the shit that he creates, these algorithms, these, these mathematical things, are the same things that you use to figure out that LIBOR is, 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 is being, is that the LIBOR scandal shit, all the lying that's been done and the, the rates being. So it, he's involved, maybe even just in a cursory way, uh-huh. in terms of figuring out the people that are cheating you at the banks. And then the other guy. The dad of the Sandy Hook killer—he's apparently works at some financial institution of some sort, and his division has three people underneath him that are being indicted for having being a part of this LIBOR shit and using the the falsified uh, uh, ratings to to.
2: How many people are involved in the LIBOR scandal? I mean, isn't it possible it's just coincidence? It They've could be. And I'm not, I'm, not,
3: I'm not sitting there saying that this all is necessarily related. And, I, and I'm sure that there's fucked up parenting, that you've got kids that are being medicated to death. And who knows what he's taking because apparently he was mentally ill. And, and there are drugs out there that they will give our kids and they will give people and have them walk the streets that some of the side effects are suicidal thoughts, homicidal act. I mean, it's just – Ridiculous! You're, you're jamming all this medication down a human being,
2: and you expect them to function within our society like anybody else. Well, the real issue, um, the, the actual numbers, the uh, Citizens' Commissions on Human Rights, the CCHR, has said that out of the last 14 recent school shootings, all of them were committed by those taking or withdrawing from psychiatric drugs mm-hmm. resulting in one hundred and nine wounded fifty eight killed, there was also at least twenty two international drug regulatory warnings that have been issued on psychiatric drugs causing side effects of mania, psychosis, aggression, hostility, violence, and even homicidal. I, I think a, a, a big, big part of it is that it 's not everybody you know and no, this is important for a lot clear. of people that are on that shit that it does them good sure. it, it helps them. But there's a lot of people that can't drink. Also, you know, right. There's a lot of people they drink and they're gone. You know, whoop, see, boom, you see the switch go off and they become an alcoholic. The, the, everybody's got a sort of different setup, and for some people, these things are not good. And um, when when you're talking about those numbers, and you could, they, I've seen people argue it, and it's really fascinating. The people that are, are like really opposed to anything that might be fuckery. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people like, oh, there's just, there's no cause. Which you're just saying, you're talking about people are fucked up. Of course people are fucked up or on drugs. Yes. It doesn't mean the drugs are causing them. Man, you don't know that. That's no, that's of ridiculous, course not. But it's a weird thing. you with where, the chemical the composition yeah, of your brain. But there's this, this sort of pro-science stance that a lot of people want to take that are people that think that there's a lot of people wearing tinfoil hats and looking for mm-hmm. conspiracies and looking right. for nonsense and everything. But, man, they're like the same type of people that want to downplay the possibility that any sort of um, vaccinations have been damaging to children. Right that 's that's another weird one that people don't want to don't do it want is to weird
3: I think the strongest argument for all of that is even potential and i 'm not talking to, that I wear tinfoil hats or anything like mm-hmm. that, but something I stated you know I touched on earlier throughout mankind we fucking lie mm-hmm. we lie and we cheat our our populace constantly over and over and over. we do it with religion, we do it with our politics they constantly you know you have companies that that go and they deliberately destroy p- the environment with their chemicals and their shit and they know they're doing it mm-hmm. and they know that it's destroying shit and they just know that they can get away with it and they just lie and then all of a sudden boom they're half- somebody comes out of the woodwork and makes them accountable for it and then they backtrack and they tell a whole bunch more lies they feed them a couple of scapegoats and then they keep on doing the same bullshit and they never have to pay the price for it we have all these politicians that go out there and they try to feed us all these lines about how they're, you know, they're, this, they're part of that side and this other side is wrong and vice versa and split us as a populace. And then they go and they, they, they claim all these great things they're going to do. You know? They do nice, tricky, wonderful shit like, hey, I'm just about to get reelected. So now, yeah, gay marriage, great. I totally support it. Why didn't you say it four years ago, you piece of shit? Yeah, you piece of shit. You, know, you want to hear you something know, like, crazy? Who
2: cares? Here's something crazy. More than one in ten in the United States take antidepressants. Should they be? How about you That's know? That's a good question.
3: I'll tell you something. I remember <clears throat> having. What, uh, what is that
2: number? How many is that? One in ten. Yeah, That's uh, three hundred that... million people. So what is that? Thirty million.
3: Uh, three million, I think. No. Thirty million. Yeah, 300 million. Yeah, thirty million. That's insane. It's nuts. Thirty million people out there walking the street, oh all fucking God. Prozac, Xanax, to whatever up and i remember i i remember going through a really fucking bad breakup not that long ago and just fucking dying and, and just having anxiety for the first time in my life i've never had that shit i've had a lot of shit go down in my life but i've never had this fucked up anxiety and all. And i'm not sleeping and I'm, I'm i'm losing i'm having a hard time you know getting full deep breaths all this shit did you try strip clubs uh, yeah, I definitely did strip clubs. Did that, that help? help? It helps some. A little but bit. A, a little bit. A little bit. It's so, like a little bridge. Yeah, a little bridge to happiness. But, uh, but the thing was is that I knew that I could probably hit up somebody and get a pill, take right. all that shit away. And to me, I thought, that's a fucking coward's way out. That's not the way you do it because going through this shit, it means something. It's something that I need to do. To to be a stronger, better, more well adjusted man, like I need to go through this and deal with it because dealing with it is how you make yourself better in the future. So you know, you go through a cold instead of getting the vaccine, a flu instead of getting vaccinated, so now your body knows how to adapt to it.
2: So you go through depression to figure out how to you know some, solve it and right. not get depressed again.
3: And I'm not saying that there aren't people out there that that whose chemical balances, for whatever reason, have gotten all twisted up and they really do need help. That's the but, real issue. Isn't but it? I knew that. But for me. I could tell that wasn't the case. Right. You know, I was just fucking heartbroken. Right. That that's what it was. And Once it was in it was not
1: you find
2: her <gasps> poor Josh Barnett. Oh, you're a sweetie on the inside, even oh, though you're a killer. Yeah. Uh, this is You're uh, never gonna find her again, by the way. Yeah. No. So <laughs> the uh, the idea is that you know, it's not either or, I think. I think Let's see the what sticking. is the thing. Yeah, he's cute and very funny, but I don't think we could ever be together. I just can't get over the fact that he likes guns. It's creepy and a little scary. Somebody as smart as him shouldn't need a gun to feel like a man. Be a man. Be a man. Lose, Lose the gun. gun. Just wow. to get to shoot loads <laughs> in her. Okay. Oh man, it's
3: blast her. It. I'll
2: hide my guns in a hole in the backyard and, and pretend <laughs> but, to not have know, them. you that kind of propaganda is
3: <laughs> fucked up. It's like yeah. you it's know cute, what?
2: But... I've, I've I I own
3: quite a few firearms and most of it for c- the collection of it like I'm a nerd uh-huh, you know and right. that's the people that in- inhabit all those uh those evil gun shows fat balding social awkward they're just nerds it's just nerds 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 the people that buy all the assault weapons Mm -hmm. that everyone wants to go on about all these crazy assault weapons all these crazy capabilities gun nerds nerds that's it that's who buys these fucking things those are the only people that can afford them
2: or who have the interest to have them well that's not true because there's always crazy people such a huge the the, the small amount of crazy people that get them there is a small amount That's what people really don't understand when it comes to the numbers of guns. It's like there's a like uh, Pierce Morgan. I thought he was going on this crazy rant about how, you know, America has this love affair with guns. And look where it's got us. And look, it's it's so dangerous. It's not our guns. is doing it. What, yeah. They, what people, uh, first of all you got to think about how many people are not doing it, okay? Because there's so many armed motherfuckers in this country. It's amazing. Right, being a man who is like, a gun? I don't walk around pulling guns on people. Like when you get on the highway and you see uh, like a traffic accident, it's amazing how few you find. There are goddamn millions of cars flying, going 60, 70 miles an hour all around each other that all the aren't time. aren't hitting each other. And they aren't hitting each other. I mean – what what we have to realize is that when you're dealing with a society, a complex society like what we have now, Massively we have complex. incredible numbers. The number of people is absolutely staggering. And you know what? I read something recently. Like America itself is
3: like the only example of so many cultures and races mixing in All the, the way that it does. Yeah, Like you go to Europe and it's like – for the most part, almost all
2: countries are, are pretty much homogeneous. Right, with a few exceptions of, you know, expats right. and people from other countries. But in provinces. general, like in America,
3: yeah. we said, you know what? No, everybody yeah. of any kind, of any religion, of any faith, of any creed, of any color, bring them all together. And to take all these different cultures, some quite different, you know, When you let's say from a root culture to, you know, bef- before becoming an American, let's say early stages of America and how even vast Irish could be from Italian. Uh and how they're brought up and and their upbringings. I mean, fuck. I mean, there's so many different, and yet we managed to put together this country that has survived, you know, however many hundred-so years as it has and uh, has done some
2: pretty amazing things.
3: Yeah. Without us trying to all murder each other all the time. I
2: think there's some issues that we d- <clears> that definitely have to be addressed. One of them is this antidepressant thing, and, and, and yes. I'm not saying that people should not be on it because I know people that have been on it and it's helped them and changed their life and saved right. their life even. Sure. But maybe you shouldn't have a fucking gun when you're on it because it seems like a lot of people that are on these things and take and, guns. And that's th- that's one of my problem
3: is that that's not listed as one of the things about Nix, but probably because of. Uh, uh, pharmaceutical industries that, and uh, you know, under the guise of the whole, you know, patient confidentiality. Now they say in the in the statutes that you know they can they can you're you cannot have a, a gun if you're uh, under indictment uh, for a crime punishable by imprisonment uh, exceeding one year, all these different things, illegal alien, adjudicated. Now, here's the the one that's even similar to, to, to being on antidepressants and all this. is Who has been educated as a mental defective or has been committed to any mental institution? Okay, that's where so they draw the they line. So as long as they don't commit you. Right. And so, you know, by – under the – probably the laws of, uh, of medical confidence, therefore, it's like, oh, we can't just tell people, oh, this guy's all jacked up on like four different antidepressants. We can't just say, oh, well, you can't have a firearm based on that alone. Where I think – yeah, actually we probably should. In fact, if it was really uh, to be honest, my my whole thing is I wish that there was a way we had a, a licensing system to get your firearm, just like you have to get a car. Like, you have to prove your, you have to take, Competency. A, like, tests. You have to prove competence. You have to prove understanding of the, the mechanics of the firearm itself, how it operates, how to take it apart, how to understand taking care of it, how to operate it. I how agree to, 100% do these safely. And then, then, once you've passed such a certain you know, uh, uh, you know, amount of testing, then you can be given a card, and then you may, you know, can go out there and buy a firearm. I, I really think that Absolutely. people are not, but I also believe that that we as a populace are so irresponsible, even more so with our motor vehicles that it's not even funny, that the, how easy it is to get behind the wheel of a 4,000-pound car and go out there and kill each other is ridiculous, and it's way too easily available to anyone. And people love just creating the hot-button topics, and it's easy to get people fired up about something as guns. You don't need those, but we need cars. Great.
2: Well, I've seen people say, you know, if you want to fucking get another, you know, you, you, go, you like to go hunting, get another fucking hobby. I've actually seen people write that down. Oh, as I've if seen, that's
3: the answer. I've seen people say, oh, I wish that the, the animals were armed too. What
2: you were saying all about licensing and everything, that all, that's all well and good. But here's the problem. That kid, it was not his fucking guns. No, he and went. And he so murdered so it's his mom. Illegal, and, yes. It's illegal use of the guns, which is also the case with the uh, kids in Columbine. Right. I mean, illegal, you know. Right. They murdered possessing. somebody and stole them. Yes. So you're always going to have that problem if those guns exist. Well, and also
3: potentially if, yeah. let's say, that mother had gone through all that training and 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 in doing so locked her guns up
2: well you know you now you're going really far you're trying to make someone a responsible parent well, that's I'm almost say, fucking of course impossible. right
3: but what yeah. i'm saying is that when when people are forced to do something through responsible means to actually acquire the and prove themselves capable of owning the opportunity to be responsible like that and and yeah. trust me you know me talking about Having government, which I already think is incredibly irresponsible and does things for its own reasons, create more you know licensing. You know, I mean, there's always a concern like, okay, well then they just decide that nobody can ever
2: pass, and therefore no one can ever have well, a gun. Well, there's I mean, some there's always... regulatory bodies that do their job um, out of passion. Like yeah. For for instance, Fish and Game, Fish and Game does a pretty fucking good job, pretty considering badass. it's spent. The, the money is all from hunting tags, and you know, and that that's what pays for conservation efforts. Right. A lot of people don't understand that that fishing game does a very good job of managing the wildlife right. in this country. And it's one of the most efficient. Game,
3: like the, the, yeah. how the hunting tags are even re, re, relegated out there to the mm-hmm. populace is because uh, they've 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 studied the the herds, the trail, mm-hmm. and all these different animals, and, and how, the, how they've been getting sick or how healthy they are, how many yeah. infants they've had, and all this, and they calculate how many tags they can allow to mm-hmm. give out. And then there's even for does. Okay, well, mm-hmm. you have to go into a lottery to get a doe tag to go ahead and be able to hunt a doe. And so that's that, that whole figure has come up by, by being on top of what's going on with the animals.
2: Yeah, it's knowledge. It's based on people who are actually, uh, they're concerned about the environment. Right. They're not trying to get, no one's getting rich off of that. It's all passion to hunters and they want to conserve the environment. And, hunters love the environment.
3: Yes. Some of the, the yes. most uh, environmentally responsible and, and important organizations in the world are full yeah. of basically hunters. And
2: there's a problem that people don't understand mm-hmm. when you, you advocate against hunting is that, well, if you are not the top of the food chain, that you better bring somebody in who's going to do the dirty work. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you're going to have all these prey animals that are going to be running rampant all over the place. You have to do something because there's not enough food. And the the idea that if you don't kill them, they're just going to be okay and peaceful and live with us, you're crazy. They're going to slam into cars. They're going to die of starvation, and you're going to have a predator population right. increase. Well, there's it's- a
3: responsibility as human beings on this planet and our involvement in this planet's ecosystem it. that we have, to, we have to work on managing it, and, uh, and that's yeah. the thing. But I, mean, but I think it should be more difficult to get a car. I really do. I agree. I mean, it's like, look. I agree. It's 70, a, we think of it as a right. 76,000 people were involved in fatal crashes. Now, they didn't die, but that's 76,000 fucking people that how many of those could have been you know, solved by not Texting. having irresponsible bullshit just you – know, it should be a lot more difficult to get behind the wheel, and I want that kind of responsibility. I would love to see that to, for someone to own a firearm. And then even besides that, if you – let's say you take all the guns away. If we have people that are doped up or fucking crazy or whatever and they're going out, let's say say the Batman guy just walked into the theater with an axe and he fucking nailed three people. He just – three people died for no fucking good reason.
2: Right, but the idea is it's not 33 because yeah. he doesn't have guns. He's not reloading. Right. He's not wearing armor. And I'm not going to give
3: any examples because I'm not that asshole like a lot of the media will where they'll sit there and say, well, hey, guess what? This is how you made XYZ or how you do this and give the fucking information out there mm-hmm. to people so they can go out. Some other wacko can do it, but – Look, I could sit here with you in private and tell you at least three different ways I probably could have killed everybody in that theater
2: yeah no there's ways with,
3: with to the, be and the problem more is, strategic about it, and the thing is why we got to solve the problem of of our populace murdering the rest of us okay, but do you and oppose? it's a rare and it 's a total rare thing as it is like if you added up all the people that out of how many we have in, the, in mm-hmm. on, on in America versus how many are are, are you know School coming shooters. under yeah yeah it's still. I mean, in a pure statistics game, we're not, it's not like, it's still a fucking super rare thing. I'm sure there's a statistics person that can tell you the likelihood of you actually being involved in a shooting at all and right. anywhere in America. So, I'm sure what, it's but okay, in but let's get
2: down to the nitty-gritty because we've only got a couple minutes left before you turn right. into a pumpkin. Three, eight, three hours, we're useless. <sighs> Um, what, what is the solution then? I mean, is, is it arming schools? Nope. Is it arming? No, definitely not. I don't think it's an armed guard in front all of schools that shit to prevent all doing, that kind of shit from happening. Well, I had
3: a, we had an armed guard at our school. Like I think, I think, I think there should, at this point. In, uh, I don't think there's
2: anything wrong with an armed checkpoint. No, but
3: we had armed, uh, an armed, just a police officer. Yeah, we had an officer on our school, and I, I had a pretty gnarly school. We didn't have shooting. Well, no, I guess we did have a shooting. Girl got shot in the face seven times by some little Asian gangster kid. Whoa! But a girl and we, did. Yeah. Did you say a girl got shot in the right. face? Right, but you know, and that was fucking super tragic. And uh, you know, but the key to all that also is that she was hanging around all these bad fucking dudes, and these bad dudes were doing bad shit. And and you know, it's like if you. It's not not like they came down to just to shoot anybody, right? You know what I mean. Right. I don't yeah, think they, yeah, they didn't even saying. come to shoot saying. her specifically. And it's just like, it, and then you know, why do these kids want to live this lifestyle where they're running around shooting each other, anyways? You know you know, what I mean, it's just, lack just fucked of parents, up. Parents, right? Of lack of reason of to live, education, whatever. You know, and then it ends up in this girl getting shot, and it's dumb, so and it's pointless. What's but the, yeah, we have an arm the solution. If you that NRA rhetoric about putting guards and and I in front of all these fucking schools, like that doesn't change the problem.
2: What if we took all the guards that are working for the DEA and we have them guard the schools? We kill two birds with or one if stone.
3: If we just put one of them in every school, so that you, and maybe these people could not only just be in the school, stand around with a gun, but maybe they could also be an influence on people as far as like just being like, hey, guess what? I'm here to defend you, but I'm doing it as an upright fucking citizen, and this is why it's important.
2: Well, that would be like a volunteer sort of a militia type thing. Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean? Yeah, well, something like that. The well, government doesn't like that shit. Well,
3: but even if it was regulated, I'm cool with that. I'm just saying that, you know, do one further. My, my, my point where I'm getting to with this is that it's not just the having an armed guard. Here's the thing that, that helps change this from, from people just blindly shooting each okay. other and whatever. Community. We yeah. don't have any fucking community anymore. No one's responsible. And when I say responsible, they're not just responsible. You know what? Just responsible for yourself in a community. You keep an eye out. Hey, you got some crazy fucking psycho kid? Keep an eye on him. Let other people know like, yeah. hey, by the way, Tommy's acting really fucking weird right now. And we need to be aware of that. Right. So that he, you know, no. Too everybody many people just, up to work. Everybody just wants to home. live in mom's house nowadays. Yeah. That's, that's my example. They, just, well, they want a big hand to come over and wash all their laundry, do everything. And they don't want to see or be a part of the process that made all that happen
2: anymore. I think that in a random or sort of a, a big broad way community is definitely the answer. I think that what's going on now what we were talking about with internet trolls and you know people getting exposed and realizing that anonymity is slowly slipping away, I think ultimately that's going to lead to a bigger sense of community because we're going to have repercussions for our actions and thoughts I hope and so. we're going to have access to each other in a way that I don't think we've ever had before. I'm hoping that this is a, a, a stage of humanity. I think we are really uh, involved in some sort of a, 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 a morph. A metamorphosis, a, a, a growing and developing because of this technology and because of this sort of connection that people share with people. A and I, you know, I don't want to be in how you
3: live in society. Yeah,
2: man. I don't want to, you know, overstate it, but I, that's the feeling that I get from people that benefit from this show on the internet. That's the things that people benefit from reading things and being exposed to things and lectures and TED talks and shit that they really wouldn't have had access to well, before. We need to, to, to participate
3: more. You know, it's yeah. one thing to listen; it's another thing to, to to listen to a show and then stay in your mm-hmm. own fucking bubble and never participate in the rest of your community. You need to be yeah. a part of your community. You need to be... To know your fellow man you need to know your fucking neighbor you need to yeah. you know you need, if you the more you're a part of this now all of a sudden you're not just some random drone that nobody knows or ever no now you're a human being that that interacts with other human beings and now you're forming this greater and stronger bond that's going to look out for each other
2: yeah we have to sort of somehow or another feel uh, a, a need for that and as an, a society as a society figure out how to engineer that that sense of community again and i've been yeah. trying to get all my friends to move on the same block But none of these motherfuckers are willing to move out to my neighborhood. We're going to have to buy a patch of land and do it cult style. Yeah. But I really think that, that, you know, wouldn't it be the best way to live is to, like, have most of your friends, like, in your neighborhood instead of uh, well, being in some neighborhood sure. full of strangers, which is how most of us live. Or
3: even if we're in a neighborhood full of strangers, why don't we make the time to make them not strangers? Because
2: they're cunts. It's fucking asshole uh, of shitty course. music right. and his, his fucking wife r- and her
3: cunty dog.
2: You know? Get out of my driveway, fuck face. I just moved
3: into a new place. And uh, at some point, once I get it all put together, I, I want to hold an open house in my own little area. Like, invite all my neighbors to come by and fucking. They're going to know say, where all your shit is. They're going to yeah, steal go your Yeah, they're coming and steal all my belt. shit. Yeah. <laughs> king of Pancakes belt. They're going to go out there and fucking. Wander
2: up and down the streets. Look you at got me. some good ideas, Josh Barnett, but what you need to do is be a fucking leader. You need to go yeah, out there and exactly. start the Josh Barnett school for how to be a fucking man. Right. right? Be the ripple in the water. That,
3: that Be the drop in the water that starts the ripples, man. That's the best thing anybody can do, and it starts small, but it gets bigger,
0: and it really does. I well,
2: think. it starts by example. It yeah. starts by what you're doing just by being you, just by uh, having character, being a fucking man.
0: Right. Starts small and gets big like a Katamari. I just found out that you were in uh, my favorite video game, Beautiful Katamari. Yes, I'm the wrestler. If you you can roll me up, how 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 did you get connected? This is your second Katamari game too. Like you were in, uh, I you don't left. I
3: don't know. You know, they just fucking they, somebody dug me that was into the game and they put me in it. And, and not to mention, there's a, there's a game called No More Heroes. It was on the Wii, <clears throat> and I think you can buy it on the PS3 now even. And the main character looks like uh, Johnny Oxville. But everything about the dude is based on me.
2: Oh, that's hilarious. And uh,
3: about the idea of of this guy going out there and fighting – finding some dead assassin on accident and grabbing his weapon. Now he becomes part of the Assassin's Guild. And so the thing is he's now number 10. So he just starts fucking fighting them all and killing them just to get to number one. And And how do
2: they play this game? What is it? Oh, this is where
0: you roll up
3: all the junk and uh, you you make this big giant ball of crud. And you're one of the characters. I'm one
0: of the characters you can can roll up into this big ball of – it's bullshit. my favorite game of all time, too. It's weird that you're in it. Powerful. I'm glad that you're Josh so <laughs> <Barnett>. simply amused.
2: <laughs> he, oh, he's amused way simpler than that. That's one of the more complex aspects of his life. <laughs> Powerful Josh Barnett. Thank you very much for joining us, brother. Always a pleasure. Anytime you ever want to come on again and talk. I mean, I don't think we really got to the bottom of this because I don't think you can. But uh, I no, think you're, you're, your insight, especially as an intelligent guy... And you're, it's, you're allowed to fucking enjoy fighting and guns and allowed to enjoy all these things. And you're not a bad guy. You're not a fucking a blight on society. You're not a criminal. You're not doing anything wrong. And I think that needs to be represented as well because in, you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't, freedom ain't free, okay? Am I saying enough cliches? <laughs> it's, 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 the guns aren't the problem. It's just part of the problem. It's us. People are the problem, right? Sure enough. God bless you, whatever that means. Jihad, all right. Allah, assalamu alaykum. What else can I say? That's nice. Josh L. Hello Barnett. Odin. Josh, yes. Praise Odin, ladies and gentlemen. Praise Odin. Josh L. Barnett on Twitter. That's B A R N E. Two T's. You no each. Fuck. There's, there's an E. M-E-T-T. Well, yeah, but not at the end. People oh. are constantly oh, Barnetti. I'm like, Barnetti. no, fuck. Get, oh get rid of that God shit. Barnett. God, could you imagine? Nah, what Barnett. is that? Barnetti? Barnetta. That's too many letters. I don't know. A fucking manly man like you, you don't need that many letters. Something You're English the toughest I Josh I know. How about that? I don't know any Josh is tougher than you. The toughest Josh. You might be the toughest Josh on the planet Earth. Toughest Joshua out there, huh? I think you might be the toughest. I think it's really safe to say we just did a podcast with the toughest Joshua on the planet Earth. Yep. It's about as- I can't think of another Can person. Can I get that on a bell buckle? Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's my tree I don't know what the fuck that meant. The U2 reference. A YouTube reference? I'm like over nine thousand. How about
2: Joshua YouTube <laughs> Joshua Tree. Oh, you, oh my God! You <laughs> obscure fucking weirdo. Bad. Go to the doctor, please. Go to the doctor. No, I didn't. Uh, my special is available at Joe Rogan.net. Five bucks. You dirty fucks. I it's watched not it that last much night. Money. Did great,
0: great, great. I love how great it was filmed. Like the HD is fucking hardcore good. Yeah,
2: we used uh, the same guys. Positive image. Uh, Are you talking about the one that I was at? Yeah, you were there. That was yeah, that's awesome. right. That you, was I, hilarious. You, you referenced as shit. in the the. the yeah. In the the special, I bring your name (laughs) in. I wanted to get out in the middle of the eyes, but I'll fucking kill that guy. (laughs) Don't you fucking talk. No, I'll fucking rape him. I was doing a Brock Lesnar rape joke, and I just brought in Josh Barnett just because he was there. He's in the audience.
3: It's called audience participation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's
2: called ad libbing, ladies and gentlemen. I, I add flavor to the stew based on the circumstances. Sure. But enough. it's available at joerogan.net. Please it's five get bucks. it. It's
3: fucking hilarious. I was in stitches. I was dying the whole time. Thank you, brother. That's not it. a lie, man. man. Was, everything about it was hilarious.
2: I do what I can. I, I tried my best, ladies and gentlemen. Dude, I do. You have do. so
3: many death metal kids that love you. You know that? Death metal, fuck, oh, good. I'm happy. People in the bands, uh, This dude Johnny Davy from Job for a Cowboy, he fucking he heard me on this thing. He came up to me at the at, at the at the show. I was like, dude, I just heard you on the on the podcast. I'm like, huh? Rogan's dealing. I'm like, fuck you. Oh, you listen to that? And my boy Rob Dukes from Exodus, huge fan of yours. Fuck, he wants to even come on the show. Powerful death metal. We'll have man, to make they it love happen.
2: it. And uh, you will check out Josh Barnett in the last you must, because it will be history. That will be the very last fight in the history of the Strike Benito. Force organization it is over after that it's uh what is it january 1
3: january 12th oklahoma city live on Showtime. energy
2: arena in oklahoma city and he will fight nandor guillermo guillemino guillemino i think it's a type of horse this is how you spell it g-u-e-l-m-i-n-o is that it yes
3: sure? there's not more vowels to Gulemino. fill in
2: there no that's it uh, powerful Josh Brown You're the fucking man dude Thanks for coming on It was a, a very enjoyable conversation And uh, you got a lot of interesting points about a lot of good shit man And it's good to have a dude like you out there man Represent smart people who also beat the fuck out of you Thanks to uh, Ting.com for sponsoring our podcast Go to Rogan.Ting.com And you will save yourself 50 bucks Off any of their crafty Android phones
0: Like the Galaxy S3
2: Or the Samsung Note 2, Two. Too. They're the shit. It's like a fucking tablet. I get I get fucking screen envy every time I see that thing. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to get it. Screnvy. That's it. That's exactly what it's called in the, in the bush. <laughs> um, thanks to Com as well. Use the code name Rogan at O-N-N-I-T and save yourself 10% off any and all supplements. All right, you freaks. We didn't even get a chance to talk about Junior Dos Santos and Cain Velasquez. Uh, How the fuck do we have you on you know what? and if, not talk uh, about that? If Junior.
3: Here's the deal. Cain doesn't get his takedown game going with his distance on his striking early on. And, and Junior's dictating pace and distance on, on stopping the takedown. It's, only going, it's going his Bombs way. Bombs away. Bombs away. He's going to take away. him out. Uh, I don't think he's going to one-punch him again because he's, he's not normally a one-punch knockout guy, as you've seen. But right. he, his, his, his accuracy is very high, and he'll, he'll pick Kane apart. If Kane can get his takedown game, his timing on, on fighting junior to initiate and, and score the takedown early on, if he can get it going and be successful with it, he can win that fight. That's, that's big, the yeah, absolute... no one's
2: ever been able to do that. It's the amazing thing about Dos Santos. He's well, like people
3: are always cat. so afraid of fighting him on the feet, and that's mm-hmm. the problem. It's just like we talked about with Krocot. Yeah. You know, Fyodor wasn't going to take him down if he wasn't getting in his face and slugging him out. And you know, Junior's got great feet, which is tough. But uh, Kane can do it. Kane has Kane. enough. If he if he's smart enough, and and, and if he can get the right min- mindset, uh, he he can put he can put Junior on his back. And once it starts. It'll, it'll, it can continue. You can keep doing right. it. Right. You get that timing down, and all of a sudden you pick up on that, that shoulder movement before that jab comes, and you fake out, you overhand right, and then stop right, and you go right into the takedown, or you, you pull him forward with some strikes, and then he thinks it's an exchange, and boom, you get him on his back. I think he,
2: another interesting aspect if, could be if Kane could take him into the fourth and fifth round, because Kane's known for his legendary <laughs> cardio.
3: He ain't going to... He's still not going to be successful unless he gets that takedown,
2: um, that timing down. If he doesn't get that timing down no it won't even matter powerful words from josh barnett ladies and gentlemen that'll be the ufc this weekend the 29th of december which will be going on in mgm you fucks kane velasquez versus junior dos santos dos and it'll be happening live on pay-per-view all right we will be back on uh eh, wednesday or something merry christmas merry happy fucking Kwanzaa. christmas happy uh, hanukkah And whatever goofy goofy shit you follow, we love you, and uh, we're glad the world didn't end. Oh, thanks for coming out to the end of the world show. It's fucking fantastic. Probably one of the greatest nights of my life. Thanks to Honey, Honey, Joe Diaz, Doug Stanhope. It was uh, it was uh, an epic evening, and uh, we're just getting started, bitches. We'll see you soon.